Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Monday. Uh, June 19th, 2023, Juneteenth, if you will. Hope you had a great Father's Day. I got to talk some U.S. Open golf. I mean, there's a lot of sports to get to, but am I the only one that is absolutely fascinated by this submarine? (laughs) Or lack of submarine. It, 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 well, I mean, wow. You just, so all hope is lost is what you're saying. And they, they got they got 96 hours of airtime in that little bubble of theirs, but uh, that's not a good sign, man. I am. Uh, do you guys know the story we're talking about? This submarine disappeared going down to the Titanic. <laughs> First of all, if you got in this thing, whatever the fuck this thing is, excuse <laughs> my French, and you thought you were going to survive, that's on you. And the bro who, the, there was this rich dude, oh, uh, Hamish wow. Harding, who is among five people missing. And he is supposedly wildly, wildly wealthy and paid $250,000 to get on that submarine. Um, Which is where I think George Klyovkov's been for the last six months. <laughs> I could be wrong. But dude, we're gonna talk about that because I am I am all about why I, if they survive, I need to know why. Why did you do it? Because this submarine, you pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So if you do some math, and I know we get crazy here, it's one point two million dollars per trip. After the envelope calculations, they had five passengers who paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. to. Go in a submarine down to the Titanic. By the way, I know I'm crazy. The Titanic sank as well. So I don't know that I'd you have know. been on that submarine too. I, 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 I don't know. I am not going. I am never. And because you know what would happen if I was the guy that got on that, they'd be like, oh, fat ass radio host sink submarine. Families of other passengers sue. <coughs> That's what that that or it had been like submarine malfunctions. Fat passenger made it unable to sink. It'd be something like that. Right. So I'm not getting on there. Right. Of course. I, I am not. No, I am not getting on there. I am not. You know, uh, Saul Goodman says that sub. Congratulations. But that's. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, mm, yeah. Congratulations. But that's bullshit. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. There, there's no chance. No. That I'm doing that. J.K. Marshall is the Pac-12 in that sub. <clears throat> Too easy. Uh, who thinks it's a good idea to get on a submarine to go to the Titanic? Dude, not me. I'm a man. Not I. I am not doing it because I know what Dave says. I'm fat. Fat? Not doing it. Not doing it. Conundrum says a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I am not doing mm. it. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business are The Advocates. And again, I tell you every day, I know that we, uh, we have had a busy weekend and we've had a lot of people on bicycles and motorcycles. 
The advocates remind you to be careful when you're out on the highways and byways, both in cars. Be mindful of the cyclists. Be mindful of those on, on motorcycles. But if you get hit, if you get into an accident, you need representation. I'm telling you, motorcycle versus car accidents are some of the worst uh, accidents that there are. Protect yourself because your insurance company sure as heck has thousands of lawyers on retainer. You don't think you need representation from somebody who's seen everything and knows exactly what to do in your situation. Oh, I think you do need representation and there's none better than the advocates where you do not pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Chat with an attorney live online for free right now at theadvocates.com. Uh, all right, more sub talk coming up in non-sports stories of the day. It's about two hours from now. But this story is ever intriguing. Um, San Diego State allegedly, and I say allegedly uh, because we've talked to sources uh, within the Mountain West Conference, allegedly gave notice that they were withdrawing. And we were telling you last week that there were questions about the timing of that. Pete Thamel at ESPN tweeted this afternoon that the Mountain West um, did not, did not acquiesce and give in to the concessions requested by San Diego State in their letter that San Diego State says was not a notice of withdrawal. Would you have it any other way in the Pac-12? I mean, it, it is unbelievable to me. And I know that San Diego State fans, you're upset. You're frustrated with this show. I understand it. But I think we've worked really hard to tell you the truth about what's going on at San Diego State. And again, I just ask you, what the hell is going on at San Diego State? It's <coughs> unbelievable to me that you have some of the top sports and, and academic administrators in the country at San Diego State, and they can't stop talking. And when they did finally write a letter to the Mountain West, it turns out the letter was murky and convoluted and asked for a bunch of things outside of their contract. Like, hey, we want to make installment payments on our $17 million exit fee, to which the Mountain West, we're told, said absolutely not. Uh, they wanted a one-month extension on their exit fee, to which the Mountain West said, absolutely not. And then San Diego State was telling people, no, we haven't withdrawn. That letter was just an inquiry, to which the Mountain West Conference, according to our sources, A, had a call and sent a letter back to San Diego State saying, we viewed your letter as a notice of withdrawal. Your $17 million is due on or before July 1st. And if it is after that, and actually it's June 31st, excuse me, or June 30th, um, your withdrawal fee is due June 30th. And if it is a day after that, it is 34 million, not 17. So this is a, this is a big, big deal. And this number has changed quite a bit. I can tell you talking to my sources at the conference and at the school, I believe the number is $34 million. And I want to get this right. There's a lot of people asking, hey, what is the withdrawal fee? The withdrawal fee for San Diego State is $34 million. It is not $51 million. Multiple people have reported again it's 51. It is not. It is $34 million. That is confirmed by the Mountain West. That is confirmed by our sources at San Diego State. It is $34 million if it is after, after June 30th. So there's a lot on the line here. And Jake, the thing that I come back to is it, it is stunning to me that an institution like San Diego State 
seems to be unable not to trip over their own feet on this. Yeah, they just feel unorganized. And I think, you know, again, I know I've hated on San Diego State, but but there's nowhere for me to go other than, hey, it feels like you're a bit unorganized in this process because really this should be a clean cut situation. This should be, hey, you know, we, we sent the Mountain West our, you know, letter of intent to withdraw or hey we did not send that letter we sent a letter of inquiry as he put it you know it, sh- it shouldn't be a thing where it's like oh well there's gray area here and we want this and we want that and now there's confusion at the conference and now we're on the hook for our money that it's seemingly you know is a situation that they can't afford in a bulk payment or maybe they can and they just wanted installments i don't know but I think the problem with the whole situation is that it, it puts everybody, not just the Mountain West, not just San Diego State, but everybody in 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 really the space at, at awe because you're like, hey, like, are you guys leaving or are you staying? Are you like, how is this all going to work out when really it should just be, hey, we know the date. It's the 19th of June. That gives us, what, uh, 11 days or so to figure out what exactly we're going to do. And that gives us 11 days to figure out if we have $17 million or if we're going to go ahead and rock out with $34 million or so. Like that That's what the conversation should be. It shouldn't be, hey, we're in this gray area. And I almost feel like, not to be an asshole about it, but it kind of fits in with what the Pac-12 is doing. It fits in with the, hey, we're unorganized. Hey, we're not really sure, you know, what direction we're heading with our TV deal. Like, like it's a little bit surprising and so then i look at the big 12 and i say okay well what do we know from the big 12 no matter who you're a fan of we know that that conference right now is very clean cut you know cold-blooded methodical and thorough that it's x y and z and that's just how business is done and so i wonder if if san diego state and really if brett yormark looks at this and says hey this is a situation where you guys just feel unorganized out of your element not prepared for you know major conference athletics like i can't believe i'm saying that about a quality institution like san diego state but it is a little bit surprising that we got this kind of news late last week and really over the weekend and now it's developed into hey we're in gray area again so that's why i say it just is it's it is surprising to me but at the same time this is a school that has been misstepping for a while now. So on one hand, it is surprising. And on another hand, for me, it's not surprising. Yeah, it's shocking. It is It is shocking. And we talked about it with J.D. Wicker, the athletic director, when he, the best thing I could say is planted a seed with Seth Davis at the athletic. When he told Seth one way or the other, we're leaving, it's just a matter of where, uh, the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And then the president at San Diego State came out uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, with that statement talking about how um, she is confident the Pac-12 can get them the, quote, pro rata that they deserve, um, which, as we told you on this show, um, shows a complete lack of understanding how TV deals are done. <laughs> um, I think I, I have a lot of respect for San Diego State. I want to make sure that this is painfully obvious. I have a lot of respect for San Diego State. But this is some bullshit out of San Diego State. This is unprofessional. Um, this is a lack of process. This smacks of, a, of an institution that does not know how to handle big-time business, that does not know um, how to swim in the waters that they would like to, to, to play in. It, it, it simply is amazing to me 
that San Diego State is in this position where they're trying to talk about the pro rata they deserve. They don't know what pro rata means. They don't know how, how a pro rata works very clearly by that statement. And you are dropping bombs about, hey, we want to be in the Pac-12. And then you put in writing that there are circumstances within conference realignment that are out of your control. So you'd like a 30-day extension. Like, what are you talking about? What you're talking about is you don't care about the Mountain West. What you care about is San Diego State, and I understand that. But the Mountain West has facilitated your opportunity to get to the Pac-12. It has facilitated your growth and your success. And now you're saying, hey, we'll pay you over time because we're not just going to hand you $17 million or maybe $34 million. No, no, no. We're going to pay you over time on our terms. Well, the Mountain West very appropriately said, no, you're not. And I, I just, I want to understand it. Now, to be fair to San Diego State, we've asked them to come on. I asked to meet with J.D. Wicker when he was here in, in Salt Lake City, uh, where our show is based for the college uh, women's super regional of softball. Um, they declined. They declined an invitation to have him on the show. Like, we've asked, and we've asked, and we've asked, and we've been declined repeatedly. I understand that. San Diego State doesn't want to answer follow-up questions. But at some point, the details on this situation are going to come out. And it's remarkable that an institution, the esteem of San Diego State, cannot seem to figure out how to just take baby steps, how to just move forward for a larger payday, if that payday exists. Because I also think one of the bigger questions here in this conversation is, does San Diego State bring significantly more money and is San Diego State the, you know, the word we used on the title today is the savior of the Pac-12. Is San Diego State, in fact, the savior of the Pac-12, Jake? Because I don't actually think they are. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you can make the case that San Diego State would save a P5 and really uh, would save the Pac-12 given their situation. I mean, if, if we want to sit here and say that San Diego State is a, you know, a quality ad, a, 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 an institution that brings you um, more prestige that that brings you some geographic value than then absolutely I think they are but I don't think they're it's not that I don't think I know that San Diego State does not carry the same value as a team in or as an institution because they're not teams or institutions as an institution that's already a p5 in whatever conference right that's just the first the first like you know entry barrier if you will like hey you've got to be a p5 and you've got to be good uh, in football, and it helps if you're good in basketball. Those three things are what I think right now in today's college football climate create a quality addition to a conference. So if you're the Pac-12, okay, great. So you're geographically, you're helping us a lot. Now, from a P5 perspective, obviously San Diego State is lacking, right? We all know that. That's not rocket science. But they're coming from the Mountain West, which is a pretty quality G5 conference. So maybe they make concessions. I don't know. At the same time, in basketball, you had an amazing year. I still maintain the consistency is not there, but you did have an amazing year in basketball this past season. And in football, it's been hit or miss. You've had uh, several great years and other years you've been down. So that's why I say it's not like you're a powerhouse every single year in one thing or the other thing and you're, you know, a P5. That's where they lack in value. So I don't think it, 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 like the question of, is San Diego State the savior of the Pac-12? I think a lot of people want them to be, 
but I don't. Th I think it's a stretch to say that they are. I think we can easily say, hey, yeah, for the Pac-12, it makes some sense because they need someone in Southern California losing UCLA and USC. You know, they need to recoup some of that geography because now the Big Ten's in their territory. But other than that, I just don't think like for, let's say, the Big 12, it's that quality of an addition when you no. have Oregon State sitting up there and when you have Gonzaga sitting up there ready to go. I just don't know if you're the Big 12, why you do that. Well, and I, I think there's a couple of red flags in this process with the Mountain West. Number one, that you're asking for relief and delay and then payment terms on your 17 or $34 million exit fee. That's scary to me. If, I, if I'm the Pac-12, because in my opinion, what it says is, and what we've heard is, that San Diego State, $17 million, they could handle. $34 million would be, would be untenable for San Diego State. They would not be able to leave the Mountain West. They do not have $34 million um, without taking some significant steps backwards in athletic funding. So I think $34 million is absolutely undoable at San Diego State. I think the $17 million, they can handle it, but it is going to impact budgets at San Diego State. I, I, that's my opinion based mm -hmm. on conversations I've had, that that $17 million is not going to go unnoticed. It's not like they've just got a pile of hundies sitting around and they're like, oh yeah, here's 34 or here's 17 or here's you know tens of millions of dollars. San Diego State doesn't operate athletically on that budget. They don't. And I'd also remind you they're coming out of this Snapdragon Stadium project. They have other development projects. Like money is, they're fine financially, but you cut a check for $17 million. That's a lot of scratch for San Diego State. Yeah. I think, I, in my opinion, I think that's a huge factor. And I also think they're trying to figure out because I was talking to a guy today very close to this situation. And... I don't know if it was a mistake or a slip, but he essentially blurted out, hey, the Pac-12 deal's worth $20 million, and they're not going to get that much. They're not going to be a full-share partner, so that $17 million is significant. And I clarified. I said, so wait, I just want to make sure. You just said the Pac-12 TV deal was $20 million. And he went back and said, well, 19.7, but yeah, $20 million. Um, so... The number is unchanged. And there were reports um, apparently from on three sports that the, the Pac-12 TV deal was going to come in at $22.5 million. Um, we have heard $19 million mm -hmm. for six months now, really oh, this entire year. And now we just had somebody very high up in this San Diego State situation just blurt out, well, it's $19.7 million. So... My feeling is based again on people we've spoken to, that number's unchanged. I think it's I think it's nineteen million dollars per school per year. Mm -hmm. That's the offer that is currently being weighted by by the Pac twelve right now. And if that's the number and hell, round up to twenty two and a half million dollars from on three. Hey, if that if it's twenty two and a half million dollars, it doesn't matter because San Diego State's not gonna have a conference to go to. Yeah. Cause I think the the Pac twelve will lose half of their current members at $22 million. Yeah. Because the money is too plentiful in other places. And it, as much as I would like to see the Pac-12 survive, and as much as I would like to see all of the current universities and membership stay in place, I just, I, I've been told by far too many people that 
$22.5 million is not going to get it done. $19 million is not going to get it done. That $25 million or more keeps these 10 members together for three years. Because you look at Washington State and you, you look at the situation that we've seen and heard about now firsthand from Kirk Schultz, the president of Washington State. Yeah. Like you look at that situation, there's no spinning that. Washington State Athletics is on the brink financially. $19 million is a death knell for Washington State Athletics. They will have to cut. They will have to either take more money out of their academics, which as we've reported on this show, I can tell you department heads and administrators on the academic side are never going to go for that because there is a belief at Washington State that they already spend too much on athletic budgets and that there's been a blank check given to athletics at Washington State. They're in real trouble athletically at Washington State. They're in real trouble. And let's not forget the Nick Rolovich lawsuit at Washington State. I think that's the exact example that I would use that the, the penny counting, not the quarters or the dollars or the 50s and hundreds, the penny counting going on in the Pac-12 at certain universities is real. And you look at the money that San Diego State has not made on their athletic athletics in general until this year, basketball was not a moneymaker. Football has not been a moneymaker. God bless Brady Hoke, but hey, man, like they have not won. I think that's why the Snapdragon Stadium deal was massive for them. They're trying, but they're counting pennies. And schools like USC and UCLA are going to count Benji's. Like it, it, Dion was not kidding at Colorado when he said it's Louie. They've got real money in places like Colorado, in places like USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Utah. Those universities make real money. You have a place like Washington State. You have a place like Cal Athletics. I mean, is in dire straits and has been for 10 years because of Memorial Stadium. Like you have real issues going on around this conference. And... San Diego State is talking about pro ratas. <laughs> and I understand why you would take the, the pro rata from the Big 12 deal. The problem is ESPN's not bidding on your tier one rights. And certainly, it, it, let's say ESPN ends up with your tier one rights. Do you really think they're going to pay more money when there's no precedent? They're going to pay more money for a G5 school that does not have athletic success, especially on the football field, especially on the football field. They just have not won consistently enough. Yeah. And the only other thing I'll say about this before we get to your comments, because you guys have been incredibly patient today, I appreciate it. Everybody that keeps saying, well, they have the highest win percentage in the last 57 years against who? Because this is a problem for SMU as well. Because, again, and hell yes, I'm going to raise my hand and say it. Who were the first ones to report SMU? The Monty Show. Mm -hmm. We had San Diego State and SMU, right? SMU and San Diego State don't make you more money. They don't. When is the last day? At least San Diego State has women's softball in the Super Regional, has basketball playing for a championship. 
When's the last time you've heard anything about SMU athletics? Badminton, sock folding team, you know, anything. You hear a little bit here and there about their football program, but you're not making money on San Diego State and SMU. Yeah. You're making money on, hey, let's add Colorado and Arizona, right? So the Big 12 is going to make money on Colorado and Arizona and any other P5. The problem is you've been down for so long in the Pac-12, really, and let's go back to when Brett Yormark was hired because that's when all this started. All the Big 12's been doing is up and to the right. Yes. Up and to the right. And all the Pac-12's been doing is down to the right. Like, you're going in the wrong direction. So it's going to be a a hill to climb. I think there will be a Pac-12 on some level. But if it comes in under $25 million, I think this conference gets decimated. Yeah. I think this conference absolutely gets decimated, and I don't see any way you fix that. I, I truly do not see how you fix that. You know, like it is, dude, it's a real it's problem. Rough. All right, let's go uh, back to the top of the comment chain today, and let's see. I know a lot of people asked us about, hey, guys, where were you on Friday? We didn't have internet you on Friday. Doing, you guys doing a show today? Didn't have internet on Friday. Not our doing. J-Rod, what's up? How about J-Rod, the first one in today? What's up, homie? Let's go. Truck Stop Gumby, how the heck are you? Dibs, good to see you. Capazzo in the GZ, what's up with you, my guy? Uh, David Sebesta, good to see you. Uh, Vorlon Angel, what's going on? C. Kaufman, good to see all of our old friends. Yes. Hanging out in the cut, good to see you. Um, it's crazy that <laughs> my phone will not stop ringing and will not stop buzzing. Mm -hmm. today it's unbelievable so good to see you guys Saul Goodman uh San Diego is left waiting like the dog de las two tortas yeah I, I mean absolutely yeah I couldn't have said it worse myself uh see yeah, C Kaufman, yeah you know uh see Kaufman with all the mismanagement of the Pac-12 I'm surprised no one has left already but but they again, have this is the number one question this is the number one question I get well if Colorado was going to leave they would have gone already but why? If you're Colorado, why would you make the move already? Why would you be the first one? Nobody in this conference, and again, I know I say this and everybody loses their shit about it. Please don't. I think we've talked to a high-level administrator or board of regent member at all 10 universities. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Washington State was the last one in... in and about a month ago, we, we really cracked the, the code at Washington State. And we've got a really great source that we talked to there. But we've talked to all 10 members. And not one have said, well, damn it, I, you know what? I can't wait to get out of this hellhole. Everybody is outraged. Not one of them has said that. Yeah. In fact, most of them have said it is just self-inflicted damage. And it's completely unnecessary that, that we're in the position that we're in. I would say seven out of 10 of them use that exact language. Yeah. It is self-inflicted damage that has put us in the position that we are in. Nobody in this conference is excited to leave. Nobody in this conference wants to, even Colorado does not want to be like the lone wolf to bail on this conference. Well, and the reality is business-wise, it doesn't make sense to do anything alone in, in the athletic landscape or in the educational landscape. Certainly I not. Mean, you know, I think this concept of Pac-12 schools, you know, not wanting to leave necessarily, but being open to leaving is spot on in this whole conversation. Because again, 
they don't want to leave the grouping that they have. They really no. like the relationships they have, but the problem is, is that the money is just so limited that you're not really giving them a choice. And so, you know, yeah, like if you're Colorado, you're going to leverage those relationships to try to put a group together to go if you're going to go somewhere. So I would, I, I again, we've been saying it for, I mean, I don't know how long, months at this point. Like, again, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, that's one group. And then you've got, uh, hopefully, Utah included with Colorado, Arizona, and ASU. And then Gonzaga's a cherry on top ad for the Big 12. That Those are the two groups. And as far as Oregon State and Washington State are concerned, I don't know. I don't know. I think Oregon State's a much more reliable school to say, hey, they'll find a home. Washington State, however, I'm not sure. Because yeah. even for the Mountain West, Washington State is a very risky ad. Yep, I agree. Uh, greatest ever. Okay, this should be good. Big fan of yourself. Gives us $5 today to say, I'm an ACC fan. I know, I know, we aren't cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything Jim, my guy Jim, Jim Phillips, Northwestern alum, can do to make us stronger? Or do we think we're done? I think the biggest issue in the ACC is that you have a bunch of people who can't wait to get out of that conference. Yeah. Because they're seeing how much money is being made in the Big Ten in the SEC. Which is a very different situation than the Pac and the Big 12, by the way. But I don't see, outside of a merger with somebody like the Pac-12, and you're going to have to figure out grant of rights, I just think you're so crippled by that grant of rights and you have the major players in the ACC that want out. Yeah. Florida State being the loudest of the loud here. You know, you look at the membership of the, the ACC and they are awkward fits in that conference because of the money. I mean, Miami, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke. You think about the money those teams could make in the SEC. You think about the money that those people can make in other conferences. Like, it's a lot of money they're leaving on the table. And you have a, a school like Florida State that's talking about unequal revenue share. That's going to be tough. Yeah. That is going to be tough. And I, I don't know. I really don't know how you, how you fix that. Erica Cottle. Hi, Erica. To the Utah haters, I think it's wise for Utah to be careful uh, and weigh all options before saying they're interested or even considering the Big 12 if the TV deal sucks than the Big 12. Well, and I think that's exactly what Utah has done. Yeah. Um, I think we've been reporting for a couple of months now that the people we speak to at Utah have told us point blank, it's nothing personal with the Big 12. That the, the single biggest concern is the lack of, of, of educational relationships or the damage you would do to the relationships you have with Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal. Yeah. You know, like you, you have really fruitful revenue generating relationships and i think they're worried about funding i think utah is newer uh to the research game um but that has not m hurt them in their profile uh they are doing tremendous things on the academic side up in salt lake city and i just don't i i i, I don't disagree with their stance at all if the conference goes away they're going to go to the big 12. I think the Big 12 would add Utah right now today if they could. Yeah. And I think Utah would go if they absolutely had to. Mark Harlan, 
Taylor Randall. I mean, you have a bunch of really smart dudes running the, the athletic side of the game at Utah. And I do not expect that to change. Well, and I think that concept you talk about, or you were talking about with Colorado, where it's like, why, why would you leave any sooner than you had to? I, I mean, again, you want to vet out the situation. You want to get to the absolute end of the rope, if you will, with your current conference before you leave. And, and again, for institutions like Utah who are competing in football, you know, competing in a lot of different sports in their athletic program, like you understand that. You don't want to just make knee-jerk reactions. That's the, right. The problem, though, is that you're, you're going on – I mean, hell, we're approaching a year of this situation at this point with the TV deal. And, and obviously, it's coming to its conclusion. But but I, I think the reason people get impatient, like uh, this this commenter, I think, what was her name? Erica, I think. Yeah. Like, the reason you know folks like Erica get impatient, and I don't blame them, is because it has been going on for so long. I mean, at some point, you have to kind of decide if you're going to go left or right here. And I, I would guess, again, it's the 19th of June. I mean, I have to think by the end of June we will get something here. I mean, I just can't see it going past that. I don't know why it would. It, it would be shocking. I mean, and, and when you're talking about, you know, struggling financially and, and you're talking about, you know, making decisions to change your fortunes, I mean, that's exactly what TridayTrading.com slash Monty is all about. I mean, you go there to change your, your financial fortunes. So you sign up for a $10 30-day trial membership. Uh, that's a tax donation, that's a tax write-off because it's a charitable donation. doesn't go in anybody's pocket. It goes right to charity. And you get to experience the greatness that is Tri-Day Trading. And when you do a 30-day trial membership, my friends, it is not just like, well, you get some of it and you talk to a guy once. No, you get the whole thing. Because what Tri-Day Trading knows is when you go through a 30-day trial membership, you're going to understand that day trading is going to change your life. And I met a guy the other day um, at Costco, Jeff at Costco, who asked me about Forex and Triday Trading. Yes, you can learn Forex trading at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. They do anything that you want. Foreign exchanges, that's foreign currency Forex. You can trade foreign currency. You can trade, you know, shorts. You can be long on stocks. They're going to teach you how using their proprietary systems, softwares, processes, algorithms. And when you're ready to start trading on your own, they're going to fund your account with their money. And when you make money with TridayTrading.com's money, they give you 80% of the profit. That's how confident they are that you're going to become one of the best day traders in the business. And again, before we get back to your comments, I'm just going to simply ask you. You went to work today, did you make $1,000? You went to work today, you hate your boss, you hate that they made you go back to the office. You and I both know it. Mm -hmm. You hated the train ride, the car ride, the commute. You hated Jim, the guy who won't wear deodorant sitting next to you. Thanks. Why are you putting yourself through that? And you didn't make $1,000 a day. Stay at home, work for yourself, be your own business owner, be your own boss at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. You can do all that for 10 bucks in a 30-day trial membership. Oh, you want a part-time job? Did you make $250 at work today? Did you make 300? Did you make 500? Because that's what part-time traders at tridaytrading.com slash Monty makes. See, because what they do is they set up all their systems in the morning, takes an hour or two. All their trades are automated through the day. You come home and you've made three, $500 while you were at work. What could you do with an extra three to $500 a day?
Yeah, me too. Hook it up. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Let's get back to your comments on As the Pac-12. Burns talking about San Diego State and this awkward situation uh, with their with their withdrawal from the Mountain West. The very latest details are that um, we confirmed today, Pete Thamel reported uh, that they sent to San Diego State, sent a letter of inquiry is what I believe San Diego State was calling it. The Mountain West called it a notice of withdrawal and that now you're on the clock for $17 million on June 30th. To which San Diego State said, hey, we'd like to make payments. We'd like to extend the deadline a month and then make a decision because the Pac-12 hasn't gotten a TV deal yet. To which the Mountain West said, hell no. It's June 30th. We're taking this inquiry as a letter of withdrawal and you owe us $17 million. You can't send a letter that says something to the effect of, hey, it's our intent to leave the conference, but here's a couple of requests. Like, how else is the conference supposed to take that? Yeah. Now, if you want to say something like, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're in a really interesting and dynamic situation right now. We love the Mountain West. And right now, you know, our intent is to stay. But if we were to change our mind, is there any flexibility on X, Y, and Z? Item one, two, and three. However you want to word it. But you can't, you can't tell the conference, hey, it's our intent to leave. Because what is that? That is a notice of, hey, we're leaving. Darn right. Like in business, that's just what it is. Like if you're going to send an, uh, uh, as they call it, an inquiry. Okay, you can label it an inquiry. But if the inquiry says, hey, it's our intent to leave, that's giving notice to the conference. Yeah, you're telling like, them you're leaving. There's and, no confusion. And what people don't understand is nobody can wait for you. People have to act in their own best interest. Just as San Diego State is, the Mountain West is as well. There's no doubt. Tom Dean said a few shows ago, I made a joke about an emergency colonoscopy and Monty jumped on me, but he makes a joke about a missing submarine. No, dude, you were joking about a guy and a lot of people. It wasn't just you, Tom. We're joking about the chancellor, I think it was. Could be wrong. Somebody in Colorado had to have an emergency colonoscopy reportedly. Reportedly. Yeah. And people were joking about it. And if you're having an emergency colonoscopy... That's, that's life and death. That's not something that, that I would be joking about. I, I just don't think it, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has a very serious health issue. And I, I, A, I hope that was never true. I don't, I, I'm certain it was never confirmed, but I just wouldn't joke about stuff like that. And I am certainly not joking about this submarine in any way, shape or form. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a submarine, and we'll talk about it in about 90 minutes in our non-sports stories. There's a submarine missing at the at somewhere, I'm assuming, the bottom of the Atlantic, um, where people paid $250,000 a seat, five people, $1.2 million, paid to go down to the Titanic wreckage, and they lost communication, and the submarine disappeared. And I'm saying to myself, dude... If you paid 250 to sit on this submarine, I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I got to ask you what you were thinking. Because, by the way, you're going down in an area where a ship sank. That's dangerous, and you paid $250,000. Nah, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm in a limit on that. I, I, yeah, I can't see doing that. 
Cannot see doing that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Who else? Kyle J. This show used to be pretty fun and positive. Now it's just constant bashing and negativity. It is, and it, it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be that way. I've never understood that about why we can't have open, honest discussions about something like San Diego State yeah, or Utah or BYU or the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or we want to get into this thing where we're throwing punches at each other because we disagree. Why don't we talk about the things we disagree on and have open, honest conversations about them? Like that's a thing that, I, that I've, I've never understood. That's what yeah. I don't understand. Truck Stop Gumby. Mountain West, hell no, nah, to the na na na. I love that song, by the way. It's always good to see that <laughs> video. Uh, let's see. JM says, Kleofkok is in over his head. Dude can't even manage adding a G5 program. Well, I don't even think it is adding a G5 program. I, I don't even think this has to do with George Kleofkok. I think hopefully George's singular focus is on getting a TV deal. Mm-hmm. I think this is a San Diego State problem. San Diego State, what's the right way to say this? San Diego State's feeling itself right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think they're feeling... <clears throat> We're San Diego State, baby. I think on one hand they are. We're I, a big deal. Well, it's kind of this tricky thing where if you're San Diego State, of course, you have to, you have to evangelize for yourself because nobody's going to. So yeah, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta, you gotta you know, live it up a little bit. But Absolutely. I, but I think at the same time, you're feeling the pressure of time. You're you're starting to be like, okay, hey, George. I, I, and again, just speculating here, but I have to imagine J.D. Wicker or Adela Del Torre have had conversations with George Klyovkov and have said, hey, like, where are we at, George? Like, what can we expect? Like, we like we have this exit fee, and we, you know, 17 million we can handle, but 30 plus is going to be really rough for us, you know, and we're not going to be able to do that. And so, yeah. Where my head goes on this whole inquiry, or as the Mountain West said, notice they're leaving the conference, is like, okay, if you're going to send a letter like that, you wouldn't have sent that if you weren't confident that the Pac-12 situation wasn't going to work out in your favor in whatever variety. Because again, the 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 other thing here is that for, for San Diego State, being at 20 million a year is a raise. All day that's a raise from where you're at in the Mountain West. So for you... The Pac-12 TV deal is fine. <laughs> you're good with that. The problem is, is that you're not a P5. You would be coming into a conference and turning yourself into a P5. And the language around that inside of this new Pac-12 TV deal is yet to be uncovered. So we don't know. Hey, it, you know, right, like right now in this new TV deal, like he just said 10 minutes ago, there's probably not going to be an ESPN pro rat. I couldn't believe it. I, I would be shocked. And so, okay, if ESPN's not giving a pro rata, then what? The streaming partner is? Is that what you're telling me? You're, yeah. t you're telling me that that somehow, some way, let, like let's say Apple, they figured out a way to be half in and half out with Apple, and Apple's going to pay extra for a, a G5 team to come into a P5 conference? Come on, dude. Apple's not that stupid when it comes I, to streaming. I like just, I think that was a misspeak by the, the president, San Diego State. And I just, listen, I... I I have criticized George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, on this show a lot. This is not his doing. Mm -hmm. This is not his doing. And I, this is the, the reason I continue to ask, at what level is San Diego State competent? At what level is San Diego State operating where you 
All this is is a legal notice that says, hey, we're leaving the conference. Yeah. And they had to submit that notice before June 30th or it was going to cost them 34 instead of 17. And they asked for a discount and they asked for an extension and like on and on and on. And by the way, the other thing that was made painfully clear to me today, this does not leave San, mean San Diego State is leaving. That's not what this means. This means that it is our intent to leave and that it's essentially a contract. They have a contract with the Mountain West and they have a certain way that they have to go about exiting that contract. They have not fulfilled those terms to exit the contract yet. And what the Mountain West is doing is taking action because I think they'd like to add St. Mary's. I think they would <laughs> like to, I think they'd like yep. to add, uh, you know, the, the Dakotas. I think they'd like to add Montana. I think they would like to add certain schools that work in their regional footprint and make them more money in basketball. Yes. I think that's exactly where the Mountain West is. And I think they know Gloria Navarez, the president or the uh, commissioner of the Mountain West on this show uh, several weeks ago said it's we when I took the job I knew San Diego State was leaving it's inevitable that they're going to go they have a list they know who they're they're already talking to people they know what's coming because as soon as Gonzaga leaves the the WCC for the Big 12 I think you are going to see a fire sale on 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 WCC teams and by the way what does all this mean again just in the big picture you know got to remember in the back of your head here on the back burner Anytime a team shifts conferences, you have to renegotiate TV deals, right? So if San Diego State leaves, and let's say they add whoever they want to add, okay, well, we got to renegotiate that TV gotta deal Got to go now, back right? to our TV partner. Right? Yeah. So, so not only is this a Pac-12 thing, but this is a very much a Mountain West thing, and this very much is this conference and that conference. They have to figure out their own distribution situation. That's so a again, great point, dude. The, the Mountain West just the same as the Pac-12 or San Diego State, has to act in its own best interest. Yes. So why would Gloria Navarez cut San Diego State a break? Well, they wouldn't because that doesn't help them. And again, San Diego State's sending the message they don't care about the Mountain West. So I'm not saying that San Diego State is trying to make it personal or trying to be or even know, doing or even, or even doing like, bad things yeah. or wrong things they're just not executing yeah. on the business level yes yes they're doing if we're being if we're truth telling which is what our brand on this show is the truth in sports talk if we're truth telling about san diego state they're doing exactly what they should be doing more money grow your athletic department so you can extend your reach which means you make more money that's what their job is. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. Uh, Aztec Warcry 61 says we pulled a boneheaded panic is panic is not good a good look. We are a quality sports program and ac academic institution. I probably should have gone there so I could learn to read. But are in over our heads. We are the ugly woman on speed dial. Well, well I, don't I don't know about, about that. that. Dude. I I think the thing that comes to my mind is you know that your value is exponentially higher in the Pac-12 than it is in the Big 12. Yeah. Because to join the Big 12 pro rata, you don't qualify for the ESPN pro rata. ESPN's not going to pay for you. So what's going to happen is other teams are going to have to kick back to pay for San Diego State. Well, that's not going to happen. Right. Now, from what we understand and what we were told by TV industry sources, 
Brett Yormark has had discussions with San Diego State and with Fox Sports, and Fox has agreed to pay a certain amount for San Diego State, but it's certainly not going to be $31.7 million, right? But they want that basketball property. I think ESPN, just reading the tea leaves of who I talk to, ESPN, I think, would pay a certain amount. Yeah. I think their number is somewhere around $10 million. I think Gonzaga's number is somewhere around $20 million. Mm-hmm. The problem for San Diego State is your football program does not generate revenue for the Big 12. And frankly, San Diego State football, I think, would be on the mat for several, several years. Several years. You're walking into what I think is one of the, the top football conferences in America in the Big 12. I think it's a better football conference, even if, even if, and I know I get killed every time I say this, even if TCU backslides a little bit this year, which I think they will, yeah. but even if TCU backslides a little bit this year, you are a better football conference than the Big Ten is. Does that mean that you're better than Michigan and Ohio State? It does not, and I didn't say that. On the whole, yeah. I think the Big 12 is the second best football conference in the country because there's nobody touching the SEC. Let's just agree to agree on that. Mm -hmm. Nobody's touching the SEC. I think the Big 12 is second. I think if Florida State had pulled their head out of their collective asses, I think that the ACC could be third. And I actually think the ACC and the Big 10 are very, very close. Very close. But again, if, 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 if the Big 12 adds Arizona and Colorado, they are very clearly the second best football conference in the country. Yeah. Hands down. But what's Matt Rule going to do at Nebraska? We've had this discussion. My point is San Diego State doesn't fit that bill. Now, want to put them in the Pac-12? I think San Diego State's a wonderful fit. I think that you would be foolish if you are Pac-12 presidents not to kick back a little bit to get them into the conference because I think you would. I would also ask, why the hell are you going to add SMU when you can when you can have Tulane, who I think is a far better fit in the Pac-12 than <laughs> SMU, but that's just me. I understand geographically. There's some people in the Pac-12, from what I understand, several presidents, four of them particularly, don't believe that reaching past Texas is a good business decision. Okay, that's well thought out, actually. I think it's pretty smart. I don't disagree with that. You don't want to go to Tulane in New Orleans? Okay, I'm, I understand it. Tulane's a better fit than SMU. Let's just, yeah. I'm not saying you guys are wrong if they don't add. I'm just telling you, Tulane's a far better, academics alone, Tulane's a far better fit than SMU. Take geography is. out of it. Yeah. Tulane's way yeah. better. Yeah. Well, Tulane's a way better fit. Yeah. In my opinion, a way better fit. Uh, all right. Let's get your uh, super chats in here. I appreciate it. Rowdy, every point gives us $5 to say Oregon and Washington aren't going to give up $50 million a year to stay in the Pac 12. 17 million, 19 million, 22 million. What difference does it really make? I think if you're under 25 million bucks a year, they're going to leave. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the difference is, is that it's kind of this concept of like, hey, you're comfortable with your friends in the current conference and going to a new conference is, is it's not as though you haven't met the people in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or any of these other conferences, but you know how it is. Like yes. when you're doing, you know, when you're doing like Oregon, you know, when you're when you're Oregon and, and you're doing business with, you know, Stanford and Cal and Washington on a week by week basis, that's that's a different experience than than going into the Big Ten as yes, the is the new kid on the block and having to try to negotiate. But isn't this the 
oh, well, San Diego State wins every game that they've ever played for the last 17 hey, years. Listen, San Diego State fan, <laughs> When they're I up get 34. It. Dude, I get it. Evangelize, bro. You know, Evangelize. over a junior college, uh, they're Man. undefeated. Evangelize, bro. I just... <laughs> I just Come think that, that uh, again, your calling card if you're San Diego State is geography. If you were in if you were in another state, not California, we wouldn't even be talking about you. And, 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 and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way, but that's just the reality of the current climate. The Pac-12 has a need. San Diego State, for the most part, fills that need. Yeah. But the problem is San Diego State seemingly, based on their words, don't know behind the scenes if it's true, but they seem a little greedy. They want more. They want as much money as they can get, and I understand that. But be, be, have a slice of humble pie a little bit. Do business better, and you will get the results you want. I don't know. To me, it just sounds like they're a little bucked up because they probably had their buck shot. You guys, yeah. golf, golf this weekend was spectacular, and I got to tell you this stuff right here. Buck shot from bucked up. Mm-mm. Save me some strokes, yo. Saving strokes is the most important thing. <sighs> Shot an 81 and an 82 up at Canyons. And I feel like my back nines were much better than my front nines. Right? Played 18 both Saturday and Sunday. Especially on Sunday, I was dragging. It was about the seventh hole. I had hit a bad tee shot down into this par three. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's it. I got to stop. I left this. I left this par three. Way, way short, and then I hit it over the back of the green. Mrs. Monty was waiting for me in the golf cart. I walked back over there, grabbed a buckshot, hammered that thing, chipped on, putted out, went to the um, the water hole with the island green. Uh, 13. 13, thank you. Went to 13, and my second shot was just crushed over the back. I got back there and that's when I felt it. That rise mentally. And I was like, you know what, dude, you just hit a bad iron shot. It's fine. Dropped because I actually hit it off of a building onto a dirt road. <laughs> I hit my iron off the tee, off of a building onto a dirt road. Picked it up, dropped it in the rough off the side of the green. And here's where I know it made a difference. I hit a really good chip, hit the rough, and I wanted it to bounce down onto the green. It took a left-hand turn. Don't know why. Hit the rough, boom, left turn. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good chip. I was able to chip in. I, I bogeyed the hole. But you know what? That chip was a really good chip. Yeah. And that's what it does. It allows you to think and execute. And what did I do? I stepped up to the nemesis. Yes. My nemesis, the 14th tee box at Canyons Golf in Park City. The hardest hole on that course for me. Stepped up onto that tee box, bombed a drive. Now, truth be told, miss hit my fairway wood, but then stepped up and cracked a six iron. Was amazing. Missed it a little right. Chipped down in the green. One putt, boom, done. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was really, really good. And I, I'm telling you, it's buckshot. Get six free uh, buckshot samples right now, guys, in the description below. Don't take my word for it. Feel the mental lift that you get out of it because it's high-powered, clean-burning energy. Lasts you all day long. My favorite flavor, flavor is the green one. It's the watermelon. You can see that uh, I drink that one right here. Uh, I have one of these every day right about right now on the show, and it just powers me home. Um, I think better. I feel better. I have more energy. And, by the way, not to foam at the mouth about bucked up, 
Their, their one-day sale last week was so good that they sent out an email saying we got an overwhelming response. So our shipments are going to be delayed. I got my Incredible. Ship, I got my shipping notice today. That's how many of you took advantage of the bucked up sale. You went there, you dominated it. Great job. Go get their free samples. Their buck bars, you guys, are just as amazing as I tell you every single day. They use whey protein isolate. They sweeten it with things like dates. It is the best protein bar I've ever had, and not because they advertise on the show. Yeah. I hate bars. I have always struggled to find one I like. I love the Buck Bar from Buck Dub. All right. By the way, if you want to, uh, if you need supplements, make sure you use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout at Bucked Up. Let's run through some of your comments. Uh, Carson gives us a $5 tip to say, what happens if San Diego State leaves and the Pac-12 falls apart? What's the likelihood Washington and Oregon accepts the deal? But this is what I've talked about multiple times. Right. Think about the Big Ten and the Big 12. Why are they not in a hurry to like make these teams act? Because time is on their side, right? They know that if they get to, you get to July 1st and there, there's no media rights deal, teams are going to start jumping. Yeah. I, 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 I'm confident of that. Because they don't have the San Diego State problem. They have no grant of rights. Their grant of rights is expired. They're in the last year, a year from now, essentially a year and 12 days. That's what's left on the Pac-12 media rights deal. The conference has all the leverage. So when we're talking about a conference failing, the Big Ten would win in that situation because they would get Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Yeah, I believe those four would wind up in the Big Ten. Um, I think the remaining six, I don't know what will happen to Washington State. I truly don't know. Um, I think certainly the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, um, my guess is Oregon State would wind up in the, in the Big 12. And I think, I think you would, you're also going to get Gonzaga in the Big 12 as well, but that's basketball. Remember, they don't have a football program at Gonzaga. So that would be, if, if that scenario plays out, that, I think that's what would happen. The question is, how much leverage will Oregon and Washington lose? Because that's really the conversation that's happening in Pac-12 circles right now. How long can we wait? Because if you go right now, if, if you know, Taylor Randall at Utah or you know, any of these presidents yeah. picked up the phone right now and said, hey, you know, Brett, you know, we're ready to go to the Big 12 right now. What do we need? Let's, let's get this done. They're going to get the biggest payday. Now, what I think will happen is a group of two or four of them will jump to the Big 12. If there's not a deal in the next, I think, by the end of the month, even, yeah. I can't believe we get back from summer break and nobody's gone. If this just continues on, no communication publicly, so the, the spin continues, which, God, I hope, please do not let that happen. Uh, but I think that's what would happen. I think you would see, in all likelihood, you, would, you will see some people move. Uh, at what point does the Pac-12 turn into a G5? That, An excellent question. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think it ever happens. I mean, it, it, if you stay together as the Pac-12 you'll, and you add San Diego State and SMU, your standing will not change. But I think this concept of, hey, they lose these two groups and most of the conference is gone and you're trying to scrap together a conference, it's like, you know, let's say you had San Diego State, SMU, 
and Washington and Oregon State. That's not a Power Five conference. But I'm, I'm just you know, not. Like, I'm not. I'm not there. And I know. Again, the things that piss people off. I'm not the guy that believes Doomsday is coming to the Pac-12. I, I'm just not. I I think. I think Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. I'm. They've talked so much. Yeah. I think they want to leave. I think if the number's under $25 million, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to leave. But I, 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 I could see a scenario where just Colorado leaves. I could see a scenario where they get $22 million, let's say, or whatever number you want to play with in your head. I could see, because I think Colorado, Colorado's fed up. That's, that's how it's been described to me. That Colorado's just fed up. Mm-hmm. They feel like there's there's been so much noise and so much BS. I think they're just fed up. So I think they're ready to move on. That would not surprise me if they moved on. It would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I think it's... I I feel... I have hesitancy saying that the doomsday or whatever is coming to, to Pac-12, but there's nothing here that says that it's going to stay together. I mean, again, we're not hearing the the conversation isn't hey thirty five or forty. Right. The conversation's twenty or twenty five, and if it's less than twenty five, you can kiss this conference goodbye, in my opinion, because I think teams again are going to go where the money is, and the problem is is the gap is so wide between yeah. the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. Like it just, I I just can't see why a team would stay if it's twenty versus you know seventy. Man, really? Like, that's a massive difference, man. Yeah. I agree it's a massive difference. I agree it's a massive difference. Um, and I, I, I think the question is, you know, in the likely scenarios of things, I think there are likely scenarios versus, I think there's a lot of people trying to spin tails for you. And I think the likely scenario, well, I'll describe it after you hear about the marinara meatballs at Papa Murphy's Pizza. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Actually, I do the meatballs and marinara. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. They've got great calzones happening right now at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's Pizza mobile app. Use promo code Monty to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Get the calzone. And they have so many different calzones but always get the meatball and marinara as well. Pour it on top of the calzones. Put it in your pasta. If you're a pasta guy, you can put the meatball marinara right on top of your fresh-cooked pasta. Little al dente on the pasta, please. Uh, Make sure you rinse it. Make sure you salt the pasta water, unlike some people. Make sure you put some salt in there. No, I guess not. Because that's what all of us elitists do. We salt our pasta water. Uh, Little al dente, which means cook it a little firm. Dump it into a strainer, not a colander, because where is the Italian? Colander is for vegetables. It's a colander, please. Somebody forgot to tell certain people that colanders are not for <laughs> pasta. You know, like get it in a strainer, rinse it out with some cold water, then put the hot meatball marinara right on top of it, dude. For days, absolutely for days. Use the promo code Monty twenty five to get twenty five percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more. At Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Which, as always, is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. The best entry attorneys in the business. Where you can chat with an attorney live online right now. Right now. For free. Theadvocates.com. 
If you got hurt at work today or your brother, your sister, your friend, they are so good in the workman's comp category because they've seen it all. They've dealt with it all. Make sure you get to theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney for free because you never pay the advocates unless and until they win your case, theadvocates.com. Let's just run through some comments. Guys, there's a lot of comments today. I understand it. I want to make sure you get in. I want to make sure you get heard because you're here and without you, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, 1870 GC gives us $5 to say, love your show. No, the show loves you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, are you are media deals being discussed going to show Pac-12 non-college football sports? Will the Pac-12 schools produce shows and how much of it will, will it cost per school? I don't believe that that is being talked about at the moment. I think... I think you're talking about an all-in deal because it gets murky. Now, there have, there have absolutely been conversations about doing a football deal and a basketball deal separately. But I don't know that I don't know specifically that that's the deal that's happening. I think the the hard part is there's not a lot of value in Pac-12 basketball. Arizona and UCLA are the preeminent brands in that league. USC this one year because Bronny's going to be there. Mm -hmm. All of that changes a year from now. UCLA and USC are gone. Uh, Arizona is going to have a very difficult time if they stay recruiting and staying on top of the college basketball um, you know, world, really, if you could say they're on top at this point. But if you look at the rest of this conference, obviously, you look at Arizona State basketball has been mediocre. Um, I think you look at Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, like you haven't had a power basketball conference out West. You, ju you just have not. Those are the facts of the case, right? But if you don't have a media rights deal or if you have a small one that doesn't give you reach, you're going to have an awfully difficult time changing that because recruiting is going to suffer. Your recruiting budgets are going to suffer. And I think that's a real question mark. And if you stay together as a conference, I think one of the real pertinent questions that people don't talk about, what is going to be the trickle-down economics of a small TV deal, a $25 million deal? Let's say they get $25 million, high end of what I think is available. Well, are, is your uniform deal going to suffer? Probably. Because is Nike going to pay as much or is Adidas or Under Armour or... Are, is Jordan Brand going to pay as much as they are now if your reach is significantly smaller? <clears throat> if your output at the end of the day is significantly less? Because this has been a high-functioning football conference and a, a mediocre basketball conference. So now if you're used to, and I shouldn't say you're used to high earning in the Pac-12 because you're not, but if you're used to a certain level, you lose money in your TV deal and you're rebating people so you've gotten less money from the Comcast of the world yeah, because they're holding back on you now because you want John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News reporting you owe him $70 million, I think it was. If those are in fact the case, you're already making money, look, less money. Look at Washington State openly talking about it. The trickle-down economics are ugly. That's something that a lot of people are not talking about. It is, it is really ugly. Uh, Carl Adams, nobody will pay for pack basketball. I don't think, the, honest to God, 
the one real leverage point that Brett Yormark has, Carl, and, and I think you're exactly right, is that his basketball conference is worth a crap ton of money right now. Yes, it is. And you're adding Houston. You're adding Houston. Calvin Sampson and Houston. You're getting better. You're getting stronger. You're getting deeper. And if BYU ever decides to start winning games again, you're adding BYU and Cincinnati and UCF. Like you're you're adding you're adding quality. You're certainly taking a step up in football, right? You're you're so yeah. I think it's a real conundrum because I think what the Big 12's done with Mexico and Rucker Park, there's no way to say you haven't added value to basketball and you haven't added revenue streams. You look at the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, you've added revenue streams. Yep. There's no doubt about that now. They're, they're, I mean, there just isn't. Curtis, uh, what's up? How are you? $22.5 million, not including paying Comcast back in unequal revenue. It's officially over for the Pac-12. I don't think it's 20. I, and I, I, we started the show talking about this. Yeah. I want to make sure we get this really correct. I don't believe it's $22.5 million. And we were talking to a source today about this situation with San Diego State. And this particular person was, I'm not going to say frustrated, but venting about San Diego State and said, you know, that the, essentially said, you know, the Pac-12 deals $20 million and seven, so $17 million is a lot of money and just like going on and on about it. And I said, wait, I just want to clarify. Did you just tell me that the new Pac-12 TV deal is going to be $20 million a year? And this person said, well, 19.7, but yeah, $20 million. Like... Dude. Dude. And we've been reporting for six months. See, it's 19 like million that. bucks. Dude, it's stuff like that where I'm like, everybody and their mom knows what the number is. Everybody. And and it's almost as if George and the conference are just going to scrounge and scratch and beg and do anything that they can do. Correct. Up until the final five minutes until they have to announce the deal. And I understand that to some level, but you can't hold, like I, you can, but in business, in good business sense and good business practice, you can't hold these programs over a barrel for however long you want to. Like at some point, these schools are gonna have to make a decision. I mean, at some point you're gonna have to, like we're gonna, we're getting to that point. Like if we get to the 30th and nothing's been announced, like, like your 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 president costes and 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 all these people in the conference bobby robbins down in arizona like these folks are going to make decisions whether you want them to or not and so i'm wondering right now is everything standing still because george is still saying hey we're going to figure this thing out or is everything standing still because the schools are like yeah you know we know the number is going to be less but the only question is how less or how small is it going to be and how much are we willing to tolerate? Because I feel like that's what it is. I think it has nothing to do with George at this point. Yeah, I agree. Jason W. wants to know, uh, has all the realignment talk driven more traffic? Not really. I mean, it, I think college football on this show has always been a big driver. The NFL and college football have always been a big driver on this show. Yeah. The NBA has always been a big driver on this show. I, I, I mean... There's a lot of interest in in Pac-12, the Pac-12 TV deal. I, I will mean, say, I think that, you know, with the time of year that we're in, obviously we're in the lower period for sports in the country, uh, in the schedule. I think this conversation is keeping the the keeping people more interested and oh, invested, certainly. for sure. Yep. 
Ken Williams says, I'm ready for Thursday. I hope the Jazz don't trade up. This draft is really deep. You should flip that around. And we'll talk about that later. I hope you should be hoping the Jazz do trade up. You absolutely should be hoping the Jazz trade up, in my opinion. Uh, Rowdy Every Point says, Pac-12 rip. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. Big Jack, 512, says, go Cougs. Mm -hmm. Go Cougs. Uh, J.K. Marshall says, Pac-12 equals Dunzo. Uh, OG Gary, what's up, Gary? Even with $25 million, you may lose two or four schools. You may. I just think it's so much less money. Yeah. I, it, it's just such a, a, it, a write-down. It is hard to... It's hard to see the path to keeping every school. Now, there's a big difference between just no. losing one or two versus 10. That's very true. That's a big difference. I think it's, it's going to be very difficult to keep all these 10 schools together. I, I think it's going to be very difficult. Ken Williams also says, but my thought is that the recruiting gets better in basketball if Utah jumps because of the portal in the conference. Well, I would agree. I think that's a really good point. I think yep. the portal would help a lot. I, the scary part about the Pac-12 staying together and in, in, even if you add two more and you get San Diego State and SMU and you have 12, your reach is going to be significantly smaller. There's no way around that because there's just not TV programming windows available. Mm -hmm. Like the game has completely changed over the last 12 months while the Pac-12's been sitting around watching. So you get a new TV deal, those slots are not open across the board. Because NBC and Peacock have a built-in advantage because the fan bases in the Big 12 are, or excuse me, in the Big 10 are significantly larger than that in the Pac-12. And now you're adding SC and UCLA to that. So they're going to own that Pac-12 after dark window. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State early in the season in those windows. And then I think you're going to get the Minnesotas and the Iowas and the Indianas having to play those later game windows, especially in at home games at night, which now is almost a mandate in the Big Ten. Ohio State, Ohio State has the leverage. They're not going to play those games in, in late November. And nor should they. Yeah. Frankly, nor should they. So it, it is, there's not a lot of window broadcast windows open. You know, yeah. like there's just, yeah. there just is not. Yeah. Um, let's see. J.K. Marshall reportedly 18.6 million. Jim's sources. Yeah, I don't know who that is. J.M. says uh, 19.7 is not bronze medal money. I don't know what 19.7 is. It's not, not enough. It, it's not it enough. Is. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Stan says San Diego State getting screwed by the ineptness of the Pac-10. No, I don't think so. I think San Diego State has handled this terribly. I, I, I mean, I, I, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, and I'm not trying to pick on J.D. Wicker. But? What are you doing talking to Seth Davis saying you're leaving one way or the other? Or what were you trying to do? What was your, what, right? Yeah, how like, was this supposed to play out? Like, was it, was it a deal where you were supposed to go to Seth and, and that, that interview and that little nugget you dropped was supposed to, like, build momentum because that's what i'm trying to understand like i don't know and again like last week had some battles with san diego state fan i'm i'm past fighting with you guys about it I, i'm not trying to make a personal i'm not trying to like hey i'm just i'm just asking a question what was the point of that what what was the strategy what were you hoping to accomplish what was the best okay, case scenario i'm gonna go to jd i'm gonna go to seth davis i'm gonna have my media guy yeah because this is what we were told I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my media guy 
plant this quote with Seth Davis. One way or the other, we're leaving. We don't know if it's the Pac-12 or the Big 12, but we're out of here. Um, what were you hoping the result of that comment would be? Because I can't think of a positive outcome. Because again, I think it's, it's well established, especially across the Pac-12. <laughs> the people talking don't know shit about what's going on. They don't know anything. Facts. The Ray Andersons, the athletic director at Arizona State, Ray Anderson, universally mocked and laughed at last week by his, yeah, we don't, no. Another conference? No. Never thought about it. Well, yeah, but your president said he spoke to the Big 12. Yeah. But that, like, that's what I'm talking about. You have a guy in, in President Robbins at Arizona saying, hey, yeah, I have some affinity for the Big 12. Man, that's a hell of a basketball conference over there. By the way, what are you guys good at at Arizona? Yeah, we're a basketball school. I want it. We like their basketball over there. And by the way, A plus B equals we're a Big 12 team. And it's, that's the issue here. So I think J.D. Wicker jumped the gun. And then it's almost unthinkable that your president at San Diego State would be like, yeah, we're confident the Pac-12 can get the pro rata we deserve. What are you talking about? Like, did you, did you think about those words before they came out of your mouth? You're the president at San Diego State. Throwing out a word like pro rata? Um, in the middle of their negotiations where you like, hey, George, hey, dude, you won't call me back. By the way, we're expecting a pro rata from you. What is this, good fellas? And we're going to come break your kneecaps if we don't get a pro rata? You know. Like, is that what this was? You want more vague on top of your, get out, like, it's shocking ineptitude from San Diego State. Would love I to don't ask know him about what it. Other way you go with it, dude. <laughs> Would love to ask him about it, but can't. I just don't think you're in a position to be bullish about it. You're, you're not. You're not in. You know what? As Jay Monahan said, a control position. You're not in a control position, dude. You're not in the driver's yeah. seat, man. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, it's yeah. Totally agree. Uh, Renee Roca, what's up, Renee? A power move by San Diego State. I, I honestly, you may, I don't know if you're being serious or you're joking, Renee. I don't think you're wrong. We're in a control position. I think they were like, hey, dude, we're, George, George, you listening to me, sir? We want the pro rata we deserve. That's the untrained eye. Right? I think, I honestly think J.D. Wicker and the president at San Diego State like they probably watched, they binge watched Succession together. And they're like the pro rata we deserve. They're the kids in, in Succession. Look, if you've seen the Shiv, show, look, look Shiv, Shiv, take it easy. Okay? I know you're Shiv. I know you're the president at San Diego State. Control yourself. Jesus. J.D. Wicker would be like Tom. Yeah. Right? Like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, Curtis says Larry's in denial. Truck Stop Gumby says cow turd. Cow turd. Do the drops work today? Yeah, yeah, they work. I, I, I haven't, I haven't heard them. Stay hard. I mean, come on, let's go. Uh huh. Let's go. Okay, I'll move on. Um, San Diego State Aztec Warriors says painful to admit, but you're right about San Diego State's incompetence. Why not say if we decide to leave the conference? Hey, Adela and JD. Words matter, Adela Delatorre, right? the president like, at San Diego State. Like really simple concept. Instead yeah. of saying, because it's very clear that in that, quote, inquiry, you said, hey, it's our intent to leave. You just flat out said that. 
Why not say if we decide hey, to leave listen. or, you know, Commissioner Navarro. Guys, guys, uh, guys, guys, guys. Hey, it's uh, it's Siobhan over here at uh, San Diego State. Um, <laughs> Siobhan. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm, I'm just curious. Um, I'm just curious um, if we decide to leave. And I'm not saying we're not. We love your tacos over here. But if we decide to leave, would you guys consider giving us a payment plan? No. Okay. Um, no. Could could we delay the deadline a month? No. Uh. Well. Okay. Well, then we'll we'll have to think about it some more. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. <laughs> good. Good talk. Like I, 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 that's what happened. They sent a letter of in inquiry to the mountain west and the mountain soft west. person tendency yeah the mountain west said hey soft person tendency listen we ain't ducking no smoke you're no out. i'm not doing that you're out yeah and they told san diego state san diego state asked for payment terms on their exit fee they said no payment terms lump sum uh san diego state asked for a 30-day extension they said no no june 30th right like you're asking for all this stuff and then San Diego State tried to say, well, we're, we're not, no, we didn't give you notice. No, 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 no. Waystar Royco doesn't give notice. We were just <laughs> talking. We we're trying to comp, we're friends. This is a code 10 abort. You know, like Siobhan and, you know, Commissioner Navarez, we're friends. And the commissioner was like, we're not friends. I don't give a famous fuck. You guys just gave us notice, you're out. 17 million in the lump sum due on the 30th. If you don't pay us by the 30th, it's 34 million or you're staying. Either mm. way, it's up to you, but those are the terms and we have it in a contract. Mm. That's the situation. Mm. And it is unchanged. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. Brandon Butler, I just uh, catch an Uber or a ride with a friend every weekend, so no pay for parking. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to, yeah, that's a, that's a RSL reference. <laughs> Uh, Mad Cat, I never liked San Diego State AD or the president from the day they were hired. I agree. I, you know. Rick Forster says, I need fart noises. You don't. Why do you need fart noises, you don't. dude? <laughs> no. <laughs> One day we will get through the show without the lovely symphony of defecation. One day. I mean, I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt that's going to happen. Busting asses apparently... The, the soundtrack of life. And I'm I'm a big fan of bull rattlers. Yeah, dude. I just don't, you know. You know. <laughs> All right. Cougar tracks. This is getting close to a rant. It's not a rant. Nah. Uh, San Diego State Amateur Hour. It's fair says, how is the Big 12 able to garner 31 million in the Pac-12 can't break 20? Timing. Timing. I think... A hundred percent it's timing. I think it's 80% timing and I think it's 20%. You're just not good enough. Football wise. You're good enough. Basketball wise is falling off way too much. Way well, I too mean, much. You're only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And I think this goes back to that Fox ESPN exclusive negotiating window with the PAC 12. Yes. Where there was never going to be a deal out of that. And I think a lot of it was a broken relationship between the PAC 12 and its TV partners. And some stubbornness because when Brett Yormark was hired, he was 
coddled and cajoled into coming to market early with his TV deal. And ESPN and Fox may have done the cajoling. And I think they did that because they, they did not enjoy their relationship with the Pac-12. And I think that ESPN and Fox were certainly not going to do anything to help the Pac-12. And I think they knew the entire time that one of these two conferences was going to get paid and the other was going to be fucked. Yeah. I think that's as simple as I can say it. One was going to get a deal and the other was going to be where the Pac-12 is. And it turned out that the Big 12 was a hell of a lot more flexible and aggressive. And when your TV partners call and they say, hey, we think you should talk to the Pac-12 about a merger, and Brett's like, yeah, I'll have any conversation. To which George said, hell no, we're not doing that. And when the Pac-12 said, hell no, I think that was the end of the exclusive window. I think the Big 12 then answered the phone again and certain TV partners were there saying, hey, have you guys thought about uh, coming to market early on your um, TV? Let's do this now. I know you, you know, talking about 2025, but let's, let's do this now. We like you. And George is a prick, so we're going to do this with you. <laughs> and I think ESPN and Fox pushed and shoved and worked a little harder for the Big 12. And I think that's exactly why the Pac-12 is where it is. Well, and I think another interesting side of it, too, is like that, that point you make about Brett being open to any conversation. Why is it that Brett Yormark is open to any conversation? Well, well, I think there's two reasons for it. You have to understand that Brett Yormark comes from business. Brett Yormark understands how to operate and really understands how to read sort of a you know, a business landscape and world. So he knows, okay, well, the Big 12, as I've walked into the room, has just lost Oklahoma and Texas, two premier brands in their conference. And that was a big, or that was perceived in the media and in the landscape as a huge setback. But how can we turn this into a more positive route? And so I think the timing of, you know, the ESPNs and the Foxes and these people coming to him and saying, hey, like, let's take a look at this is really what sparked the, the the whole situation. But I think he was only open to those conversations so much because he knew that he was a new commissioner who needed to get reliability built in as soon as possible. He was trying to create relationships. Yeah. And I think the enemy you know is better than the one you don't. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's exactly what he should have done. Uh, Matt Ritson gives us four ninety nine to say, hey, where's my other penny? What do you mean four ninety nine, Ritson? Yeah, we're not the Pac-12, dude. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what last TV contract for the Pac-12 was the last TV contract before USC? Yes. Correct. I believe it was. Well, it had to be because they're involved in this contract. So, yeah, absolutely it was. Uh, Case Ruiz. If the Pac-12 goes to San Diego State, could the Big 12 get them a pro rata? No. Be Wait, I Do people understand how pro ratas work? It, it, a pro rata is not something you just get for San Diego State. A pro rata is simply an agreement between the Big 12 and ESPN. It is boilerplate language in a contract that includes a pro rata that says, hey, if you add a P5 school, we will pay them the average dollar value per team or per university in your conference, 31.7 million. The problem is that agreement 
is for P5 teams. San Diego State is not a P5 team, mm -hmm. which I think is a huge problem for San Diego State, which is why I think they're desperately trying to get to the Pac-12 because it kicks them up into a Power 5 program, uh, into a Power 5 conference, making them a Power 5 program. Yeah. But you don't just get a pro rata. It, uh, and this is what I did not understand about President Della Torre saying the pro rata we deserve. Like that, that's not the way this, this works, man. Yeah, conceptually, like, that's incorrect. Yeah, and as you guys hit the like button, uh, because I know how much you guys like hitting the like button, I mean, the exact definition of pro rata is um, as the dollar has fallen, costs have risen on a pro rata basis, on a proportional basis. Right. So your proportion, your part of the deal. So let me just ask you, if you're the Pac-12, and here's the other thing I think people don't understand, the pro rata portion goes to the conference. It doesn't go to the school. So if it is, <coughs> if it's $100 million a year and there's 10 teams and you get $10 million per school, that doesn't mean that every school is getting 10 million bucks. Um, Especially not in the Pac-12 where Oregon and Washington carry the water in that town. So of the 100 million, and let's just say, hey, San Diego State gets 5 million, right? So if you're making nine, $20 million on average per school, that's $200 million, which I have a hard time believing that. But if you get $200 million, what do you think? What do you think that San Diego State gets out of that? I think fair would be half of what any current. I think you're get probably in. getting ten million dollars. Yeah. The other ten million dollars is split between Oregon and Washington. Yeah. So now they're getting twenty five, and this is the part that I think you have to consider. They're getting twenty five, Oregon and Washington. Well, what about SMU? Okay, well, you know, they're gonna get probably seven, because SMU brings no value. Okay, so you're going to get $7 million. Mm -hmm. So there's $13 million out there. My guess is that's probably another million or two for everybody else in the conference, depending on share and, you know. But it doesn't mean you're getting $20 million. You're not going to full share. So if, you're, if, you, if you get a pro rata for Gonzaga, that's not possible because they're not a P5 team. But... Brett Yormark has relationships with his TV partners, ESPN and Fox, and Fox has agreed to pay that. By the way, with Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, our sources told us that what vetted and cleared means in the Big Ten is, hey, their commissioner went to, and it's primarily, remember how that deal is set up, Fox, CBS, NBC, Fox has big noon kickoff, so what does West Coast football mean to Fox? Well, you're never going to be on big noon kickoff. Mm -hmm. So Fox is out of that. So CBS and NBC, who have the 330 and later windows, have agreed to pay for Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal to join the Big Ten. That's what that means. So I know pro rata is a big, sexy word, and everybody likes to throw it around like they know what the fuck it means. You don't. Nine out of 10 people don't understand how that works. The pro rata, that money is paid to the conference. The conference decide who gets what. 
So again, that's why I look at Adela Della Torre, the president at San Diego State, saying the pro rata we deserve is about half of what everybody else is getting. You would have it would have come off better if you just said something like the money we deserve, the portion or the the share we deserve, the share of conference revenue that we deserve. Then you would have. Then I would have been like, okay, hey, Makes maybe total I sense. slightly disagree, but but totally understand why you would say something. Like and that. if I'm San Diego State, I'm going in hot. Yeah, you got to evangelize for yourself. Somebody wants to throw some cold water on me and say, hey, San Diego State, you're worth ten million bucks. Take it or leave it. They're gonna take it because it's still a big pay raise from the Mountain West. Yes. So there you go. All right, you're welcome. You're welcome. I feel worse now. Uh, <laughs> Cowboy Country says current Mountain West deal 270, 12 teams, $22 million per team. I actually don't think that's what it is. I could be wrong. We used to, we've talked about this on the show before. The current Mountain West deal is less than that. I, it, I could be wrong. I believe it's less than, I actually believe it's far less than that. Uh, because if it was, by the way, if it was 22, what did you say? 22 and a half million dollars. Um, you would not be leaving the mountain West for the PAC 12. That math does not make any sense. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Bryce Martin says, I keep seeing that Fox didn't agree to pay full share for the PAC teams. Only ESPN did because Fox doesn't own the football content in the, New Big 12 deal. Fox, I think, and again, roughly, mm -hmm. Fox owns 65% of the basketball and I think 35% of the football. And you just flip that right around. ESPN owns 65% of the football and 35% of the basketball in the Big 12. So the pro rata really is only, and I think this is something else people don't understand. And I've seen that contract, by the way. The ESPN portion of the contract has the pro rata in it. The mm. Fox part does not. So Brett Yormark, Gonzaga is a perfect example. We've had deep and long detailed reporting on this on our show. Brett Yormark didn't go to ESPN and say, hey, we're going to add Gonzaga. Well, why not? Well, because ESPN is not going to get anything Gonzaga. Right. Fox has agreed to pay to add Gonzaga to the Big 12 because all it does is rise everybody's ship there. Fox is going to make exponentially more dollars on that. So they would absolutely do that. So uh, I swear TV says, I wish the two just merged. It, it made too much sense. Yeah. And I think the arrogance of the Pac-12 got in the way. So many good games could be played. Just look at the uh, out-of-conference games this year. Utah, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oregon, Colorado, TCU. Good games all at primetime, too. Utah and BYU. Utah and BYU. Utah and BYU. Not rocket science it is not rocket science at all and it's you know it's again why i always say you guys a you got to hit the like button because that really helps the channel grow but b you got to get to um tridaytrading.com slash monty because that makes too much sense for you mm -hmm. you know the uh, interesting question i always get about triday trading is isn't a scam day trading's a scam i don't know what makes people think day trading's a scam day trading is not a scam Day trading is what we call a revenue stream and a prolific revenue stream. Because yeah. it's not just, well, let me get in at 10 and I'm going to bail out on this stock at 12. Sure, that's part of it. Ins and outs, programming your algorithms, understanding your trades, understanding you know, the, the indicators like, 
all the things that have made Triday Trading the legendary company that they are. But things like Forex, which is foreign exchanges, currency, yeah. right? Trading the dollar versus the yen versus, you know, like all of that, that currency exchange that happens around the globe. People are making millions of dollars a day on that stuff. Yeah. Tridaytrading.com is going to teach you how to do that. Triday Trading is going to show you how to do that. And you know how much it's going to cost you? 10 bucks for a 30-day trial membership. That's it. That $10 goes to charity, so it's a tax write-off for you. At the end of that 30 days, if this isn't a fit for you, walk away. You have no obligation. And in that 30-day window, you're going to get everything that Triday Trading has to offer. High, high-level coaching and education. You're going to learn their systems. You're going to learn their processes. You're going to understand that day trading is the out you've been looking for. Because I hear so many people saying, the number one thing right now I hear about Triday Trading is, you know, dude, I'm really upset they made me go back to the office and <laughs> I want to work at home and I built this office and I, if I hear one more dude be like, I spent so much money on my basement so that I could have an office in my house. Why would you waste that? Work for yourself. Open your own business. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Live the life that you've always wanted. Go on the vacations. Own the cars. Own the houses. Go golf every day. Do what you want to do because you work for yourself. So you're your own boss. Set your trades in the morning. Come home and find your paycheck at night. That's what day trading is all about. And in my experience, and I can only tell you my experience, when I worked at Yelp, I was in a, a Slack group with a, a ton of guys at Yelp that were all day trading. It's how I made my money on AMC. It's why I got out, got out of Dogecoin when I got out, like made money Doge on to that. to the moon, man. Right, because you have a community that supports you, and Triday Trading is that community. You have coaching that doesn't end when you're done with their program. Stop complaining about your boss. Stop complaining about the, the gas price, the commute, the train fare. Start making real money and start making it for yourself at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Get your $10 30-day membership. Make sure you tell me you heard about it. On the Monty Show coming up in 23 minutes. We'll go all NBA for you uh, because this Bradley Beal deal with Phoenix, I think, is a game changer. Um, and it's not in a good way for Phoenix. Um, this notion that the Jazz should trade down is one of the most frustrating things I have heard from Jazz fans lately. Oh, let's trade down into the teens. You're crazy. You are crazy. We'll talk about all that coming up. Uh, OG Gary says, I built this office on NIL. Damn right, <laughs> Gary. Yes, you did. Seven handicap McCluskey Bolton. Are you really a seven handicap Bro, jerk? Dude. Jeremy, if you're a seven handicap, I'm going to break a club over my leg when I see you. Swear to God, bro. Are you a seven handicap? Man, I hope that's a lie. Uh, you know, Darren Ingram says golf sucks. It doesn't, though. Doesn't suck. By it's the way, good. by the way, Darren Ingram, we need to start a new segment on this show. Darren Ingram's the type of guy. Darren Ingram's the type of guy who's like, yeah, man, I work a lot I never now. play. I never, never play. play. Guys, I no. never play. And, so, you know. Sunday, right? Father's Day. Well, I'm up at Canyons Golf as usual, like I am pretty much every weekend. Roll up on the fit tee box, and Darren comes up, and he's like, hey, guys. Can, hey, can I join you now? Look, I haven't played at all this year. And, you know. <laughs> Bro rolls up and pulls out uh, a, a freaking tailor-made stealth, bro. I'm like, all I'm right, like, you know what it is. I haven't played at all. You know, I got, I work so much. I don't have time to hit a golf ball. Uh -huh, right. 
this dude steps up and nukes up uh, his drive like three bills like more than three bills on a straight line right at the green he's like man whew, what a terrible swing man, that for was being cold first swing of the day that was a real average drive <laughs> then like two holes later two holes later right there's a par three yeah homie steps up with i think a f an iron I want to say a five or a, no, on that hole, it's an eight. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, who cares what iron it was? Three feet. Just drops it. You know those beautiful high iron shots? Yes. Three Dink. feet. Yeah, Darren Ingram can I'm go. real. And you know. You know, you just play with guys and they hit the ball and you're like, God damn. That dude's, you know. He, he can play. I love it. Uh, golf. To, Darren Ingram's not serious when he says golf sucks. Yeah, we're getting... Okay, we just need to clarify the Mountain West deal because there's people think it's 270 a year. It's 270 in total money for six years for 11 teams. Boise yeah. State has a separate revenue share with Fox. Uh, CBS gets all their road games, and Hawaii yeah. is a basketball only. So... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not 270 a year. It's a, it's 270 for six years, starting July 1st, 2020. And yeah, I think it's, if I'm right, it's $4 million a year. It's yeah. It's $4 million a school. Boise state receives additional revenue from Fox for its home games. Um, Correct. And you're in a position where this is why I keep saying, if you're San Diego state, why run the pro rata crap out there? Because again, even if you're getting 10 from the pack, you'd probably get a little more than that, I would think. But let's say it was 10. Yeah. That's a massive raise, bro. That's a lot of extra money that you just put, pulled in. Yeah. By the way, uh, Mayor McCluskey says he's a seven handicap. Okay. Okay, fine. Come out and golf with us, dude. You, you want to you talk your junk? Come play, bro. Come play. I got. He's not I got, talking junk. I, I got. I got. I got. You know, some fresh clubs coming in allegedly today. It'll probably be like next Thursday or a month from now. But you know, they're coming. I'm ready for you, bro. I, 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 yeah, I got the backyard hitting net set up now. We're ready, and it's Louie. And it's Louie. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you start talking shit. Darren's telling me that everybody's on me about my clubs because I have I have graphite shafts that are not stiff. Right. They're regular. They're regular flex. And so it does, it has created some interesting mechanics, but I'm really hitting the hell. I had a really good back nine at Canyon Sunday. Yeah. Like I shot an 81 up there on Saturday, a legit 81. And I shot an 82 after just a really bad front nine. Like the third at Canyons on Sunday was a six. I took a six. On the third at Canyons. Meanwhile, some people are getting bounces off of rocks. Yeah, 38 on the front nine, 43 on the back. Brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I shot an 82, <laughs> I think. I had a really good, I had a really good, man. The 17th, at, you guys don't care about my golf game, but I'm going to tell you anyways. The 17th at Canyons is, was unbelievable Sunday. I hit a drive that was probably the best drive I've hit there like through the end of the fairway into like the light rough and it's into an elevated tee or an elevated green, excuse me, that's protected by three levels of bunkers. 
took out a seven iron from, I'm not even sure the distance, but took out a seven iron, put it within about six feet, blew the birdie putt, so part it. But that drive, and this is the argument with the, with I have a, a PXG Gen 6 driver right now. I'm going to wind up playing with it for the rest of the year because I'm killing that driver right now. Yeah. I am smoking it. Absolutely smoking it. And you it. can hit it straight. You can. And I usually do. I don't disagree that getting, for you, extra stiff probably would be perfect. Yeah. But I don't think that the shaft right now is why you're losing strokes. There, The stroke thing is just opportunistic. The stroke thing is just... Hey, you need more quality here, more quality there. Now, when you get better next year, you will probably notice the shaft thing because your mechanics will be dialed in, and like golf just takes time. Man. I'm probably gonna wind up. I really like my PXGs, but I'm probably gonna wind up in a TaylorMade. Yeah, I probably am. I really like that driver. I've seen three, four guys hit it now, and it just, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Trust me. Before we get back to this, real quick. My advice to you is get fitted for clubs. Don't go buy clubs without getting fitted. It's the last time I'll ever do it. It is the last time that I will ever, ever do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, McCluskey says, I do have me a nice set of Callaway X20s. Them's be my club. Yeah. It's I, nice to have nice clubs, man. It, it really is. J.K. Marshall says, regular graphite shaft is holding you back. It is. I, I freely admit it. I, it's, it's, it has cost me yards on my driver. I don't even disagree with that. I do not even disagree with that. But, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Derek says, I can't drive it straight. I just need to figure out aiming with the curve, which I totally don't believe in. A guy like Darren Ingram, who is, by the way, the pro up at, we spent four holes, I think, with him. And just the little things that he was telling me gave me, he, he told me this thing about rotating my hip, which... Because I was focusing on rotating my chest and my shoulders. He's like, no, no, friend. Gave me one little tip here and there. Changed my, changed my iron shot uh, over the water there. What is that, 14? 13. 13. Changed my iron shot on 13. Um, smoked a drive on 14. Um, the par three on 15, I just, I was too much of a coward to shoot left of the pin because I thought I'd hit it over. Landed on the green there, like. Yeah. I'm telling you, just the little tweaks. When you find somebody who can teach the game, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, Paul Lane says, love pizza with blue cheese and sl thin sliced lemons on top. You're a douche. Is there Come a warrant? There's a warrant out Come for on. you, isn't there? Be better, dude. Paul, like, there's a warrant out Come for on you. now. We were, we were in a good flow. It was going good. You know. Uh, Brad Turner, never give in to aiming with the curve. Never give up. Never surrender. Do not aim the curve, dude. Learn to hit it straight. Uh, Capazzo, my advice is get fitted with a nice pistol and rifle. Don't just buy what is cheap or most expensive. No, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Uh, McCluskey, as much as I like the talk my junk, as Jake says, I can drive like a champ. It's my short game that's as good as Caruso's ability to hide his stash <laughs> in an airport. <laughs> 32, and let's see. I Oh, my God, bro. I think, and I don't know. What do you think? I'm pretty honest about my scorekeeping. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think the keep and score thing, I think, is really, really straightforward. Right now, and we talked about this over the weekend, we're getting to a point where 
where like up until this point we haven't counted losing a ball right so if you lose a ball or whatever we haven't been counting you that take extra the throw. you take the oh you have not been counting that oh we agree we weren't counting that don't tell me you've been counting it dude you haven't been counting i've it. been taking that as Get a the hell i'm not here. kidding you how do you think i got to like a seven on dude. saturday okay you're impossible bro we literally said we're not counting that stroke. If I hit a ball and it is the only lost ball that I don't count is the one where, like if I hit it into, I hit it into a, a construction pond on Sunday. I counted that stroke. There's no reason for me to have hit it into that pond. So I count that stroke. But if I hit it down the left rough and I just can't find it, I'm not counting that stroke. Because mm -hmm. I usually drive in the fairway. Mm -hmm. or just to the right or left. But I am not going to penalize myself on a... Like when we were at... What was that? Mountain View. Mountain View. Brutal course. Mountain View was a joke. You should learn to cut grass. I know it's crazy at a golf course. UMFers should learn to cut grass. Like drives right down the middle of the fairway, we couldn't find them because the grass was so long. I'm not counting that as a penalty. I'm not doing that. Now, if I hit it into a construction site, I'm counting that as a, a stroke. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm an 11 handicap doing that. Now, maybe if I lose a ball, I should. But it's what we were talking about during the U.S. Open yesterday. Mm -hmm. If you play at LACC alone, it's just you two playing. Oh, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find your ball. Yeah. You're never going to find your ball. So, But I'm, that's what I like about canyons. Generally, you can find your ball. Yeah. And Tanner, what do, what do you mean? I wouldn't be shocked if Monty wasn't counting it. Why, the, Tanner's been in this mode. Where he just wants to fight about everything. Like, what are you talking about? Michael Peck says, it's all in the hips. Yeah. Um, Cougar Track says, the best club in golf is the foot wedge. But see, I think people think that. Here's the problem with the foot wedge. What does wedge. that even mean? Kicking a ball. Like, mm -mm. dudes, if you, don't, if you shy away from difficult shots, you're never going to improve. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. Best tip Darren Ingram's ever given to me. One thought, hit the ball. Yeah. Absolutely Be what I was athlete, doing bro. yesterday. Be One shot. Because I don't need more distance. What I need is to dial in my length on each club. So like if I'm hitting a seven, I have no idea how far I can hit a seven. So I'm messing with my swing tempo mm -hmm. which causes me problems yeah right like it used to be that on every iron shot i pushed my hands forward before i swung creates terrible habits so now i've stopped doing that and it's made all the difference in the world keeping my hands close like all those stupid little things i've worked on that have improved my iron shots i need to get better at all that now but i need to also understand how far does my six seven eight nine go right because there really shouldn't be that much difference between an eight and a nine there shouldn't be that much difference between a nine and a wedge, right? There, there should not be. But I don't, if, if you don't know if one goes 50 yards and another goes 100, you're, you're going to constantly struggle. There was a, a fairway yesterday where I know I should have put the, the fairway wood away and hit a six iron. But I was in between. But I don't have a four or a five iron right now. All I've got is six through gap wedge and a 52 I just got for Father's Day. Mm -hmm. That's what I, so I have a driver, wood, and those irons. Which, by the way, the Volky wedges are just incredible. Yeah, Volky wedges are amazing. It, it's just like, yeah, it is, it's one of those things where, man, and I'm telling you, golf balls matter because I am hitting, and, and people laugh at me when I say this. 
The Kirkland golf ball from Costco is the best ball flies, that I hit dude. right now. Flies. It absolutely flies. Yep. That the one that I the one that I really like hitting is a noodle golf ball. That ball just explodes right off the But my favorite golf ball right now is that Kirkland. And they're getting harder and harder to get, but I'm telling you, mm, man, you shoot that you hit a you mm, shoot, mm. uh Tom says drive for show, putt for dough. It's true. <laughs> true it is and i have not been practicing my putting at all because i've been so intensely working on my irons so i have really been working hard on my irons and it's so funny how different our games are too Man. that's the funny part like when we're out hmm. there this guy can drive it a mile can't drive to save my life can hit irons short games fine putters day to day you know, but like it just it's so when we play together, it's so funny because our games are so different. Jake said to me yesterday, man, I really wish I could I could drive like you look out when I learn to drive. And he's like, yeah, but my short game's way better. And it is. He's a better. <laughs> I had a I, I routinely lose the hole on my second shot. It's not my my chips are fine. My putting is generally fine. Mm -hmm. My second shots are horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. At times like. But now I have a 52, so I don't have to mess around with a lot of that. The yeah. 52 helps a lot. Because uh, I didn't have a, a, a wedge in the 50s at all. I had like a, a gap wedge and a wedge, which essentially is within a couple of degrees. And that 52, it allows me to put the ball close to the hole. Like the, the, the 12th at Canyons yesterday. I had a beautiful drive, left me about 75 to the hole. And there's a, it slopes down. There's a hole or a hill at the front of the green. The pin was in the front. And I said, you got to land it on that hill and try to work it. Landed it on that hill and rolled it right down the hill. Blew the putt. But, but you're happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy like, with hey, that. I made that shot, you know. Because what's see. my goal? My yeah. goal on every hole is to be in position for a birdie. Yeah. It's all and I you know is you keep playing, the putter will get better. And that's what every golfer deals with, the putter. And every hole on the back nine yesterday at Canyons, I had a chance at a birdie. Yeah. So, not all playing poorly. Capazzo says, I love shooting golf balls at 100 yards with a 22. <laughs> My man is not a, friend of, a fan of golf. We, at, we need a little bet, McCluskey says. I shoot better than you, Jabronis. You have to admit for a year that Caruso is the NBA's most overrated player. You win. The problem is he's not. Yeah, he's not. You'd love to have him on your team. Uh, Gary says, I play the TaylorMade TP5X ball. How do you like it? A lot of people like it. A lot of people like it. Uh, Delaric says, when I was younger, I was a six handicap, but my handicap is now in the couch. <laughs> you got to play a lot, man. My handicap, I'm an 11 handicap, according to the Grint. Mm. And I enter every one of my, my scores in the Grint. And it tells me I'm an 11 handicap. I was, I was for a long time like a 19, 18, 19, 20 handicap. That Mountain View, I was. I think I shot a. There's two rounds this year that have just been a catastrophe, and they were both a 98. I think uh, Talon Cove with Chris Carn was the worst was round of joke. golf. That's the worst round of golf I've played all year. And the funny thing is, that's one of the most attainable golf courses you can play. Oh, you can attack every pin on that in yeah. the, on that course. Yeah. And I just could not hit a driver, could not hit a wood, could not hit an iron, couldn't chip, couldn't putt, nothing. Dude, nothing that day. Yeah. And that was a 90-something. I can't remember what that was. 
But then that Mountain View, I must have lost a dozen balls that day. Easily. And it was, it was terrible. And I think I had two quality holes. But I think I shot a 98 at Mountain View on a course, again, that's super attainable. So frustrating. Just so frustrating. So there you go. Um, Boyd Lake said, give me the Costco ball. Said no woman ever. Never has a woman said that. Yeah, my favorite ball right now is the Callaway Super Soft. That is my favorite ball. Love that ball. Flies. But I'm with you. I don't hit the noodle as much as you do, but the Kirkland ball is... Dude, if you can find the Kirkland ball at Costco, I highly recommend it. I think... um, Man, and I hope I'm right about this. Darren Ingram was telling me, I think he's a tailor-made guy. He's got tailor-made clubs. I think he's a tailor-made ball guy, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren, the teaching pro up at Canyons. By the way, Canyons Golf, the official golf uh, club of the Monty Show. You guys, come play with us at Canyons. We're up there generally every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I'm a 7 a.m. guy. I love it. I like the quiet, the calm. If you follow me on Instagram or the TikTok. Cool times. Yeah, you see the beautiful views, the 6th and the 18th tees. And I would tell you the 17th and 18th is the 1-2 combo of 17 and 18 at Canyons. Undefeated. It's undefeated. I got hit by a tee shot yesterday. Dude, that was a little surprising. And look, I get it. Canyons, you're up in the mountains. So, you know, there is some some visuals that are deceptive. Totally understand. But at some point, you have to be like, yeah, we may be able to drive this hole. I was on the 18th green, and there was a group behind us on the tee box, which is elevated way up. Yeah. I'm standing on the green measuring a putt, like looking over the break of a putt, because yeah. was, I was on the wrong shelf, so you have to putt down a little hill. Yep. And this ball hits on the green and bounces right up and hits me in the leg. I'm like, what the hell? And <laughs> It's just a douche thing to do. That is, the, and, and we, we see this at Mulligans all the time. Regularly. People don't understand the decorum. I'm, I'm a big decorum guy. You are. Pace of play, I think you have to respect the people behind you, but also the people in front of you. So you can't, I, I will absolutely putt a ball again. If I blow a putt and I totally misread it, I'm going to putt that ball again. If I hit a, like at the, the sixth tee box is elevated at Canyons, if I blow that drive, I'm hitting another drive. But generally, I live with the one shot. That's it. I live with that shot, and I try to keep moving when, because it's busy, and you, we've all stood on tee boxes or on fairways waiting for people, right? And at Canyons, that never happens. The people usually are super good about it. Pace of play is usually locked in. Like, I have never had a pace of play issue there. And I just wish people understood not even the rules of golf, but just like the decorum the con- of golf. Common sense stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, it, that was crazy. Uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy says, uh, playing golf, uh, Friday's playing golf. I knew it. Um, last Friday, we were not playing golf. We were not having internet. No, we were being pissed about it. Yeah, it was not fun. Did you hear them t- yell four? Never did I hear Never. them yell. And you no. can really hear up there, too. Yeah. Godorov says, hey, clean the dimples of the golf ball. Clean dimples, happy balls. Hey. Yeah, I, I, what now? Let me tell you what Clean now. dimples. Stan says, it'd be great to see you guys playing video. Your play, it would be great. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I put a ton of videos up there. Uh, Cougar Tracks, my best handicap was a nine. No, I didn't use a foot wedge. Always played by the rules. That's why golf is a gentleman's game. Yeah, we pretty much... We don't skew the scorecard very much because I, no. I think you need to know where you are so you can improve. If you're always cheating the scorecard, I mean, you're just not 
you're just not going to grow as a player. So, yeah. Trust me, knowing that I've been the first month, the the month of April was a brutal golf month for me. Like not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And I'm paying the price for it right now. I will say that. All right, go ahead and hit the like button while we remind you Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 because you got to get the Papa Murphy's Calzone. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You don't forget the calzones. Order now at papamurphys.com. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Truck Stop Gumby says, uh, playing golf on Fridays instead of being here with us. Amen. Well, non-football season. Well, and we never take time off during like from August to March. We pretty much never take days off. Yeah, never. And we work too much anyway. It is what it is. It is what it is. Court McBowen says any NBA content today, fellas, in two minutes. Uh, Lewis uh, says nothing but golf content. And it's not golf. It's golf, please. Um Capazzo also says Papa Murphy's does calzones, meatballs with a side of golf balls. That's what I'm talking right. about. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Jim Choi finally says, hey, I take range balls and play. I'm a big fan of not hitting range balls because I just think they're dead. I just think they're dead. But if I ever go to Mountain View again, I will play range balls at Mountain View. <laughs> I don't, that might be the one course I'll never go back to. Yeah, I'm not really interested. It was so poorly managed. Like the problem is you play at Canyons Golf. And it's so perfectly manicured. You go to Mountain View and it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. You guys, you got to go get the Buckshot. Free samples of Buckshot. Free. More to the point, I know a lot of people have taken advantage of the buckshot. Have you guys tried bucked up buck bars yet? They are just so fantastic. There's a link below uh, in the description here on YouTube. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, love you guys too. Thank you for that. Um, Make sure you use the link in the description below to get your free sampler pack of buck bars. 17 grams of the best protein you can get. Whey protein isolate. And protein crisps, they freshen those things up with sweeteners like dates, fresh from the tropics. You got to love that. Quality nutrients like, again, not all protein powders made equally. Whey protein isolate is the way that you absolutely want to go. I'm telling you now, the Buck Bar is the best bar. I've freely admitted this in the past, and I'll say it again. I hate protein bars. And I love that Buck Bar because it doesn't taste like your average chalky, terrible, you know, protein bar. The Everything Bar is phenomenal. The Snickerdoodle that you see right there is phenomenal. They have great taste and they fill you up. It's, I wouldn't call it a meal replacement, but it'll charge you up to get you through your day, man. Absolutely get a sampler pack right now. 
uh, in the description below. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. Let's talk a little NBA hoop on the program. Boy, did uh, the Phoenix Suns set the world on fire with Bradley Beal. I don't know why I'm just not a believer in this trade. I, I, I understand that you had to move Chris Paul off your books. That's an absolute win. But Bradley Beal is a guy who I don't believe wins you a championship. I don't think, and this is the hardest part, and I've thought long and hard about this, and I've talked to a lot of NBA guys that I know. I don't believe that Bradley Beal moves you closer to a championship. That's the hard part for me to, to digest about the Phoenix Suns. Their issues are not scoring. They're not scoring. They had no problem scoring. Their issues are defense, specifically transition defense. Their issues have been, in my opinion, rebounding and outlet passing have not been good. Bradley Beal does not fix that, in my opinion. And the bigger issue is you have Devin Booker, who before your eyes during the playoffs blossomed into one of the best scorers in the NBA. And now you're going to take the ball out of his hands more. I understand that Kevin Durant, what, is 35 years old? He's aging, he's injured. Maybe he needs less of a load, right? We get that. But does Devin Booker really need less time on the ball? Does Devin Booker need less opportunity to shoot the ball in critical situations? Because you can't tell me that Brad Beal is coming to the Valley of the Sun to shoot less and have less of an offensive impact. And oh, by the way, this trade did not include DeAndre Ayton, which I also think is a huge question mark for this club. And now here's the bigger question. Can you flip DeAndre Ayton this summer to improve depth and defense? Because by the way, the other thing that everybody's forgetting about is they also sent out Landry Shamet in this deal. Now, Shamet obviously is not a guy that's a world beater, but he was depth. And he's not Cam Johnson. He's not Mikhail Bridges. I totally get that. But now he's not even Landry Shamet on your bench. They don't have depth and they don't have defense, Jake. That's why I don't like the Bradley Beal trade. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're obviously going to have to make more moves as far as the bench is concerned. I mean, you just simply don't have enough bodies right now. But obviously, we're in the summer, so... There's gonna you're gonna have to get creative. I, I I think you know I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I also think that guys like Brad Beal, Bradley Beal, however whatever his first name is, whatever he chooses to go by, this is a dude that's been on a losing team and a losing organization for a long time, and this is a guy that to me wanted to get to a situation where he was contending. And so, yeah, I agree. Guys like Bradley Beal don't just roll up looking for less opportunity, but at the same time, he's rolling up looking to do what he needs to do to get as close to a championship, if not win one. So to me, I look at this and I say, okay, you've got plenty of scoring power now. So Bradley Beal is just going to have to fit into that picture, whatever that looks like. But I think the thing that no one's talking about is that Frank Vogel is someone who can figure this out. I, I I think that Monty Williams did a great job, but DeAndre Ayton is the reason Monty Williams is no longer here, in my opinion. So being that you have Frank Vogel, I, I Frank Vogel did great work with the Lakers. I, I think he knows how to manage stars. He knows how to get guys to work together instead of being selfish. And frankly, defensively, Frank Vogel knows how to get a team to engage defensively. One of Devin Booker's biggest growth points was defense. So the question isn't going to be, in my opinion, individually, can they play defense? I think it's team defense. Being able, as five guys on a floor, to play the kind of defense you need to to win a championship. That's right. And I think, 
you know, as far as the front office is concerned, I think this point about Isaiah Thomas is also very, very much uh, out there right now. Chris Paul doing an interview talking about how, you know, Isaiah Thomas is 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 involved in the process, even though he's technically not with the organization. Everyone's saying that Isaiah Thomas is basically a shadow GM behind the scenes. That wouldn't surprise me at all because Ishbia is a big Isaiah Thomas guy. And if that is indeed the case, and I'm not saying it is, but if it is, if what Chris Paul says is true, that's a problem because I don't trust Isaiah Thomas to go out and build a bench. I don't trust Isaiah Thomas to go out and build a championship caliber roster. I just don't. By the way, this trade brings you to $162 million on your book. Anybody check what the luxury tax threshold is this coming season? Yeah, it's $162 million. You're already paying. You're already in the tax. Well, the good news is the Suns have not been a taxpayer. I think that's a huge deal because they're not in the situation that teams like Golden State are in yeah. who have paid significant tax, so they have a little leg room there. The Isaiah Thomas thing is, is troubling because he is a degenerate. The guy has been an absolute POS in every workplace he's been in. I think you look at what Isaiah Thomas did to the CBA, the actual league, the Continental Basketball Association. You look at what he did with the Knicks and the embarrassment and the absolute jettison deal that he got. He took a golden parachute not to work there anymore. The idea that Isaiah Thomas is running this team from behind the scenes is brutal. And if that is in fact the case, it's really disappointing. And it tells you why they're not going to win. Because Isaiah Thomas is not a winner, he's a loser. Mm -hmm. And when you treat people poorly and you treat women poorly and... You, by the way, you don't win games. That's exactly why Isaiah Thomas doesn't have a job. That's exactly why Isaiah Thomas was, was not somebody that people loved on the dream team and talks about how Michael Jordan kept him out. Yeah, well, because you're an asshole. And Isaiah Thomas is a problem for, the, for the, the Phoenix Suns. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. And I just, I look at this roster and the thing that terrifies you about the Phoenix Suns is you have a non-basketball guy making basketball decisions in Matt Ishbia. You have a really good general manager in James Jones who has put you in a position to contend for an NBA championship. He took this team to the finals. So you think he needs Isaiah Thomas's help? It's just a bad look, dude. Yeah. It's a bad way to go. And it's Isaiah Thomas being desperate to get back into the NBA, which nobody wants him to do. And I think... You, you saw the backlash that came publicly when there were rumors that Isaiah Thomas was going to be brought in to run the Suns. Like it was an avalanche of negativity. So now you're just doing it behind the scenes. And I don't disagree. I think Chris Paul is, is not going to have nice things to say on the way out the door. Mm -hmm. I don't, nor should he. Because apparently they didn't call him and tell him he had been traded. Yeah, He found out from his son texting him. Which would piss me off, too. Would absolutely piss me off. Yeah. It, it's just not, yeah. Uh, the Nye guy says, uh, Monty spitting uh, straight truths. Durant and Beal are Mr. Glass and Mr. Glass Jr. I think Bradley Beal missed a lot of games he could have played because they were not games of leverage. Yeah. The biggest issue with Brad Beal is he has a, a no-trade clause in his contract. And you don't like that at all. I can tell you that much right now. Uh, Gary says a team that believes in Aiton is not a serious is not serious about winning. But I think on the other side of that, and I don't disagree with you, Gary. Aiton has has issues. There's no question about it. More defensively than offensively, obviously. 
I think the the other side of that is you're going to have trouble finding a big that can provide what he can provide offensively. And I, I would think, agree. You know, again, clearly the direction of this roster is, hey, we're going to outscore you. That's that's the mission of this roster. Uh, I agree with uh, with the people out there saying that this is Brooklyn 2.0. Yeah, it is, but at the same time, it's not because you don't have Kyrie and James Harden, two prima donnas that had issues up until their next teams. This is Devin Booker, who's already shown he can play with Kevin Durant and be incredibly effective. Uh, and this is Bradley Beal, who's been through a lot of different things in Washington. So to me, Bradley Beal's just now getting his chance to show just how good he is because I'm a huge believer that when you play with you know, the best players in the world, you're going to get, you know, more quality opportunity. I mean, just think about the idea of, you know, running sets where, hey, you're going to get the ball to Devin Booker and the defense is going to come to Devin Booker. And yeah, that's right. He's kicking a Brad Beal on the wing who's going to, you know, absolutely dominate that second tier defender that's coming to him. That's what people don't think about. Now, I'm here for the defensive conversation because I have no idea what you're, what, what you're like defensively. I, I mean, again... DeAndre Ayton has no business playing defense against Nikola Jokic or any of the best bigs in the but league. Isn't this the exact same model and issues that the Lakers had? You could not defend. So you had to go out and get length. And what happened? You became an unbelievable defensive team. Mm -hmm. And you did that on the, the legs of a of a you know a guy like Rui Hachimara and a guy like Jared Vanderbilt and a guy like, you know, the all of these dudes they added really helped them defensively. Mm -hmm. The problem is I don't know that the Suns have that flexibility unless they trade DeAndre Ayton. And the contract's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. It's not like you can't trade that deal. But the biggest question is if you don't win and your culture gets wrecked by Matt Ishbia, you know what's going to happen. You know what I'm going to say. Devin Booker's going to wind up wearing a Laker yeah, uniform. I know what time it is. Book's going to wear a Laker uniform. That, I think it is only inevitable. And that's why all these tweets about Isaiah Thomas and if that's in fact true that he is running a, a you know a, a shadow at GM position mm -hmm. as Jake described it, I think Devin Booker's on the clock because they're not going to win. He yeah. is a terrible executive. He has been a terrible executive. Yeah, you've never had more money than you had with the Knicks, and he was. Terrible. Because it's garbage. You, like, if you remember the lawsuits that came out of the way he treated women in that organization, and, I mean, guys don't change, man. No. Boyd Lake says uh, Aiton has to go. Got motivation issues. I don't disagree. I don't even know that it's motivation. I think he's just soft. He is not a... In Andre, in DeAndre Aiton's situation... You need him to have a no layups mentality. I, if you're going to get a layup, I'm going to body you to the floor. You're going to be in pain. Because the next time down, I want you to think twice about it. Instead, he'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to follow him. Soft person tennis here. Yeah, my arms are weak. I'm not going to. Why would I catch the ball in the pain? You see, he's not a killer defensively. He's just not. And I, he can't yeah. catch the ball. Good yeah. old Ron Sapochek back in my Round Lake days. If you can catch the ball, you can play on my team. DeAndre Ayton can't catch the ball. Go back and watch some of their game tape. Because watch how much garbage. he watch how much he fumbles or just straight misses passes at his head. Forget it if you throw it below his nips, it's over. You go below that guy's chest, you're done. He's not catching it. Yeah. 
but he should be able to catch everything at his face or above, and he can't. It's a huge problem. Uh, Capazzo says the Suns are going into a nosedive with no return in sight. Hope that's wrong. Hope that's wrong. Uh, on the showgram, he should be uh, he should go by BB. Okay. Who's that? Who Brad do you want Beal. me? To? Brad Beal. Okay. Brandon Butler for the Suns. This could be worse than the Wizards. Beal has been playing forty five games a year. KD about half a season. But Kevin Durant. And he's as much said so that this coming year is a year where he knows this is really an important year. I mean, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be at his best. And he's got to return to the throne. And missing all these games, like, dude, you, you almost broke. He almost, you guys understand that now we know he almost broke his leg on that layup thing. Yeah. In warmups, he went to shoot a layup and twisted his ankle. And it turns out that was almost a broken leg. How? He... Be, because he's not a guy, from all accounts, he's not a weight room guy. He's not a, a build-your-body guy. He's a work-on-your-game guy. And he, I think he knows now there's a reason that he lives on the West Coast full-time now. Because I think he knows. He's got to be in warmer weather all the time so his body feels better. He's in that LeBron phase, which dude. is Which is why he, lives, he chose Phoenix, in my opinion, because it elongates your career. Why do you think everybody goes out to Phoenix to have knee surgery? Because it, it makes the process easier. And I think he knows. I've got I've to get right. Because Devin Booker, you can say what you want about Devin Booker. Has he missed games? Yes. Devin Booker is the best player on that team. And he proved it in this postseason. And he had zero help. He was, he was relying on Landry Shamet and a not always healthy Kevin Durant. That's who he had to run with. DeAndre Ayton was terrible at times. Chris Paul was hurt again. And when he wasn't hurt, he was selfish. Like, it, this is not rocket, rocket science. The Nye guy. I don't think the Suns are worried about defense at all. Well, they need to be. It, you, you're, you're in a situation where your roster is set up to win games 135 to 129. Yeah. So what happens when Kevin Durant gets hurt and you can't score 135 points? Oh, I know. What happens when Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant have off shooting nights or Booker and Durant or, and you score 115 points and you lose 125 to 115? You cannot win in this league if you don't play defense. Yeah. I mean, go back to Toronto. Toronto with Kawhi didn't win on offense. They won on defense, right? You, you look at the guys that are winning championships. Golden State, Golden State's won on defense. Just no question about it. The Lakers won with defense. What the? How do you win in sports? Golf, basketball, baseball, football. You got to give yourself as many chances as possible. So in the NBA, the way you do that is not by being an individually great player, and there there is some of that, but playing defense stops the other team and gives you that chance. If you could do that thirty times a game, hey, get a stop, go down and score. And again, remember. Shooting in the NBA, hey, elite from three is like 35%. Across the league in the big picture, 35% is a nice number. For the Jazz specifically, let's say, 40% used to be their number. You shot 40%, you're going to win the game. Well, why is that? Well, because you had a guy in Rudy who was protecting your rim, and generally speaking, you were not a great defensive team, but you were good enough to, to do what you needed to do. So on this team in the Suns, yeah, Frank Vogel can come in in his introductory press conference and say that Kevin Durant's excited to play in his defensive system and wants to get after it defensively. 
But if you're not available, what good are you? And and again, Devin Booker has come to the plate defensively. So now Brad Beal needs to come to the plate defensively. Now you need to go out and build a roster full of role players that know how to play defense. Well, and I also think there's something to be said for the Lakers build that's so similar to this one. Like, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. LeBron and Anthony Davis should equal Western Conference Finals. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're relying on a guy like a Dennis Schroeder to take huge shots. That's where the Suns team is. They're going to rely on guys that just should not be relied on to make shots. So e- even when those three guys are at their best, let's say you get 70 points out of those three guys. Let's even say you have a crazy night and you get 75 points out of those three guys. Come, they average 25 points a game. Where are you going to get the other 50 points? Where's that going to come from? Well, DA is usually good for 20. But he's not going to get nearly as many opportunities with those three guys. Well, So if DA gives you 10 points and 15 rebounds. Okay, so now you're at 85 points. And let's get crazy, 90. Let's call it he's 15 points. Who, who else is there? Yeah, Jock Lawndale? Yeah, I think you got to, that's where you got to build a roster. I, I mean, I think you, ha, you have to find your way to that. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I agree that, that, you know, DeAndre Ayton is that piece that I feel like you, you, I agree with keeping him out of the Wizards deals if you had the intent to move him in another deal. I agree with that strategy because you need to have the value. I mean, again, you've sent out Chris Paul and Landry Schmidt. Like, those are two of your biggest trade pieces. So, again, keep eight and out of it. Dude. But now we need to go and make another deal. And that other deal, because the other side of this, too, and this is the part that I really don't like, but you understand it. Your draft is effed for the rest of this decade, as they say. I mean, your, your picks are leveraged essentially until 2030. So, with that being the case, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to say to these three, hey, we're trading DeAndre Ayton because, A, we have no picks, and, B, we ha- we don't have a bench. So we have to move him. It's not a choice. It's not personal with DA, even though it kind of is. But it's not personal with DA. But we got to move him to create options. We don't have any more options. Bro, are you okay? Oh, excuse me. And, by the way, you can't – Damian Lee's the guy you're going to rely on? No. Come on now. Good bench contributor. Can't rely on him, though. Their guy's under contract. Devin Booker is so underpaid on this team. Uh, Kevin Durant at 47.6 with $150 million remaining guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Brad Beal, 46.7 with 2077 remaining. Book at 36 with 260 remaining. DeAndre Ayton, 32.5 with 102 remaining. Very tradable contract. Yeah. Campaign has a partially guaranteed deal. He'll be gone. Jordan Goodwin will be gone. Ish Wainwright, club option. Not married to him. You don't know. And Isaiah Todd for $1.8 million. Like, you've got three players on this roster. That's it. You're in, and that's why I say you're in real trouble because that's, that's $112 million just on those three players. That's great. And Goodwin and Todd are not your guys. You just acquired them in this trade. And those are G League guys, dude. They're screwed. Now, 
not to keep bringing up the Lakers. How long until Draymond Green signs with the Lakers? Because <laughs> it's, they, I mean, this is. I mean, Draymond a, to the Lakers, Chris Paul to the Clippers. It's a done deal, right? Well, Chris Paul to the Clippers, I think, actually has more legs than people want to believe. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Paul to the Clippers as a backup point guard. But does he accept that role? I think if he gets him to play in Los Angeles, he would. Yeah. If it gets him in L.A., yeah, I think it would. So I think there's real momentum for them to trade Paul George. I, I okay, truly think. I don't think mistake, it is, dude. actually. And I need to look at his number. I actually don't think it's a mistake. Because they've got to reshuffle the deck here. You, you can't continue to. Paul George has $94 million left. You owe him 45 this year. Like, I think, and this is, again, when you look at their numbers and you realize that it's Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, like, you don't have a championship roster there. I think you have to, I think you have to look at trading Kawhi or Paul George. And I don't think you're going to get nearly as much for Kawhi as you will for Paul George. And I think if, if you can reshuffle that deck a little bit and... I, I think you have to figure out how to thin the herd on this roster a little bit. Because you got a bunch of dudes like Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, uh, Rocco, Robert Covington, Evita Zubats. Like, you got a bunch of dudes that fill out rosters but don't win championships. Yeah. And yeah. you're going into a new stadium. Like, I think you have to look at making a major move. You have to look at making a major move. Because Paul George is still, I think, one of the elite shooters in this league. He is still one of the elite defenders in this league. Yeah, I mean, Paul George is 37% from three and 45% from the field. Good night. I mean, averaging 23. What's really fascinating, this is quite interesting, actually. So 56 games this season, 31 last year for Paul George. Kawhi Leonard's 52 this year and 52 last year. 51% from the field for Kawhi this year, 41% from three. So Kawhi had a better year, but I, I, instinctually... They both just had huge injuries. Instinctually, I, I would go with Paul George. I just feel like Kawhi is so uninvested just in any situation. He is not passionate. Yeah. He is not passionate. Now, Paul's a, Paul is a Los Angeles guy, Paul George. like he, I think he loves being home, but he's just... I think his trade value is higher. Could be wrong. But I think his trade value is higher. He's got a very manageable contract with two years left on it, I think. Like, I would. Yeah. I don't know. That's a matter of what do you want to do, I think. That's what that is. But I, I look at them, and then I look at the Lakers, and I say to myself, this is a team that if they sign Draymond Green, right? Like, they are, they are, they could be in. They could be in some very interesting situations because they don't exactly have a ton of dudes on their roster either. I mean, you look at the guys that are rocking guaranteed contracts. It's LeBron, and that is to be determined, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, and Max Christie. Everybody else is on non-guaranteed deals. Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba, Shaq Harrison, non-guaranteed deals. Mm -hmm. So they actually are in a position, and I believe they have their full mid-level. Like I, I think they're in a they're in a really interesting they're in a really interesting position. Now their cap holds are interesting. 
Like, what do you do with D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, that's that's a decision for sure. I think you got to have a bunch of conversations around the league and see what you can get. Yeah, bird rights on him. Rui Hachimara is a guy you got to bring back. Yeah. Rui's a guy that he's only going to cost you probably, I would guess, $40 million. You got to bring him back. But the big one is Austin Reeves. Yeah. Are you are you willing to pay the luxury tax to pay him $100 million? I think you have to. Yeah, I don't know if you have to. Dude. $100 million for, for Austin Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. a lot of scratch, bro. Yep. That's a lot of scratch. He can be on your roster or he can be in the Western Conference somewhere else and beat you. What yeah. are you going to do? Ken says later, guys. Have a great day. Ken, thanks. Hey, Appreciate you, you buddy. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that's a lot. If you, uh, Nigai, if you walk outside and if you listen closely, you can just barely hear the window closing on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> the windows. See what he did there. See what he did there. Closing. Uh, Capazzo says Draymond has nothing the Lakers need. Yeah, we just disagree. Um, he is still a really good defender. And he, he is still a, he's still a guy you can play 30 minutes a game. He's not going to kill you. The question is, can they control him emotionally? Because his technical fouls do wind up taking a toll on you. But man, his rebounding, his ability to run the floor, you know what he does? He can, he, he can mean that you spend less on a point guard for a year. Because that dude can absolutely take the ball off the rim and sprint down the floor. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it. And he's, is he the same player he was? He's not. But is he done as a player? Not close. Yeah. Not close. He... He's a guy that if you can add him, whether you're the Lakers, if you added him on the Suns, if you put him on any team, why do you think Golden State is so hot to keep him? Yeah. Because he does these little intangible things. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays out. Um, OG Gary, what happened first? Draymond and the Lakers or Pac getting a deal? <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> I want a Pac-12 TV deal so bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want it over. Tom says, Chris Paul would be a good jazz man. Why? Why? Yeah, I, I, I must admit I have to ask why as well. I, like the jazz, in my, in my opinion, the jazz don't need a big money veteran. You, you have that guy already. What you need is you need a really good... You, I think you need to draft a point guard. I'd be drafting a point guard. And I would be going out and trying to make trades to, to fill your roster in just enough to, to be a 6-7-8 team. You're not ready to sign Chris Paul because you're not ready to compete for a championship yet. And I understand why you might like Chris Paul, part-time player, rental basically. I get it. But you're not there yet. I, I mean, again, you, you're still trying to solidify positions on this roster. Like, like you need a Scoot Henderson-type guy. Like, whether it's Scoot or someone else. Like, you need a guy to come in, sit in the driver's seat, and run your offense. You need that. Because, again, for all the Jazz fans in the chat right now, I, I don't have to tell you this. You know how inconsistent this team was as far as pace of play. And, you know, a first half was awesome, second half was a mess. Or, like, vice versa. Like, and that's simply a product of not having leadership at the point guard position. Uh, again, as much as I loved, you know, Colin Sexton, and, and, and I'll even bring Jordan Clarkson into this mix last year. As much as I love those guys, 
They're not like leaders. They're not like best player on your team guy. Jordan Clarkson is someone they elevated to starter because we thought they were going to try and trade him and then they didn't and now he's a free agent. Like, so you need a guy to step into that role and be be the guy that puts your team in a position every possession to to get to the spots on the floor where it's supposed to be. That that's what you need right now. I I don't I don't I don't think the Jazz are going to be able to trade up to two or three. But if you can get to four or five and you can wind up with Cam Whitmore, yeah. Again. Look at, the, look at the body, win. bro. Look at the body. 6'8", 235, played at Villanova, so you know he's fundamentally sound. That workout last week, that there, there's a ton of tape around on the workout he did with Carmelo Anthony. Dude. Yeah. Like that, he's... Now, if I could get Ammon Thompson, yeah, I'd take Ammon Thompson today. If I could get Ammon Thompson, absolutely. Yeah. If I could get Scoot Henderson, Absolutely. But if you're the Jazz, I, I don't think that you can I don't think that you can wait and sit around and say to yourself, Yeah, Washington won't take Cam Whitmore. Um Yeah, you know Orlando's not gonna take Cam Whitmore. They are. That Cam Whitmore or you know, like you look at Asar Thompson. I'm taking Cam Whitmore. Yeah, of course. Everybody is. If you can get Cam Whitmore instead of Anthony Black, I think you're probably taking Cam Whitmore. And I think the interesting thing with like the Thompson twins, let's say, is like I I look at the the path of these different prospects. Mm-hmm. And I think the guys that come up, as much as I hate to say this because I really do, but the guys that come up through big time college basketball programs typically track faster now there are some one-off instances right the lamello balls of the world you know uh, vw as an example like you have some of these other examples of guys who have had success but i like the best players right now coming into the league are guys that played big time college basketball and you know know what it is know what it is to be in a system build their body be disciplined running offense like like the overseas guys, and this is one of my concerns with VW, not to turn this into a VW thing, but but we've seen this where, hey, you're the best player. You can do whatever you want inside the system, and then you come to the league and you got to play a different style yes. and a different system, yes. and it's really challenging. Yes. So I look at Villanova, Kentucky, uh, you know, any of the big programs right now in college basketball, and I'm like, hey, you had to play within a system. You had to do your damn job inside of the system for the success of the club. And that is attractive to me about the Cam Whitmore's, you know, uh, uh, again, any of these top-end college basketball prospects. I like that about these guys right now. Yeah, I think in my estimation, it would be Ammon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and Anthony Black. Yeah. Those would be the three guys I'd target. And, and I, I agree would do whatever you. I have to do to get one of them. Getting up to four? Yeah, I agree. You're, no one's going to probably let you get up into the top three. And but. you don't want to pay that. The price tag has gone so far up on that over the last five days. Yeah. I just don't know why you would do that. Yeah. But, but if you can get to four, yeah. five, you're in a great place. Willie Wilson says, Draymond does not make the Lakers that much better and a whole lot older. You're cra- so wait, you don't think the Lakers have a, you don't think the Lakers have a transition offense problem? How did Denver beat them? 
Denver got out and beat him in transition. And one of the best transition players in the league is, go ahead, it's okay, you can say it. It's Draymond Green. So wait, Draymond Green feeding, allowing LeBron to get past half court without the ball and Draymond outlet passing to him right there? Come on, dude. And by the way, they're friends and the three of them get along famously, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Draymond. And that would allow you to be a little younger in other positions. I don't know. I just, Willie, I just disagree that he doesn't make the Lakers better. Uh, Drew Money says Lakers got to re-sign Rui and Reeves. Agreed. Reeves is so expensive, though. I mean, I think Reeves is going to be a star. You think he's not worth it? I think worth it. That's a, a tough well, term. Okay, why, why? I'm hesitant yeah. to spend $100 million on a guy. What is that, four years? I mean, that's a lot of bread, dude. It's 25 a year. It's really not that much. Well, like, for a guy of his experience, I think it's a lot. Yeah, but... On a team that routinely is in cap issues. Experience versus contribution, though. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they don't get where they got without him this year. Lakers opinion. made a mistake when they didn't re-sign Caruso. Can't do the same with Reeves. And Caruso, that's an interesting comparison because Caruso, Reeves is a better version of Alex Caruso. Although Caruso's all defensive team. I like, was going to say, yeah, that's the one part in Reeves' game that I think is lacking is defense. Yeah, but he'll get there. Yeah. He'll get there. Uh, Mike Maples, the health of LeBron and street clothes will keep them from championship contention no matter <laughs> who the they bring clothes, in. Davis. I don't disagree. I think LeBron's going to be fine health-wise. Yeah. Uh, you got to get him off the ball. But LeBron will be fine health-wise. Uh, I really like what we got from Dunn. You mean Chris Dunn. Uh, he isn't the answer, but he's a great stopgap. He is. I want – see, here's the deal. This is the evolution of the Jazz roster. You need Chris Dunn coming off the bench. You need him to be either a sixth or a seventh. That's what you need. And I right this year, he's probably a sixth because you're not that deep yet. But I, on a championship team, he's probably a seven coming off the bench. Your second guy off the bench that can come in and be a contributor on a nightly basis. And listen, as usual, the Jazz are very busy on the phones. We've heard that repeatedly. And, and I think they're working really hard to get to where they need to be. You know, like I, I think they, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, Tyler Dopp, Gordon Hayward coming to Utah. Whatever. How? 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 How does he get back here? A lot of people bring that up. How does he get back? Uh, Maple says Scoot might be hard to get to, but man, Ammon Thompson is attainable. And then uh, go get John Collins. Eh, I think John Collins, that ship has probably sailed. Agreed. I think that ship has probably sailed. John so. Collins is a Toronto candidate, in my opinion. The Heat, the Heat, Atlanta, and Toronto, I think, have some business to do. Yeah, I think this Fred Van Vliet situation is going to be interesting. Because you got to find a way. If you're Miami, you got to find a way to get Jimmy a real running mate who isn't scared. Yeah. And I think they realized what we told them last year before they signed Tyler Hero, that Tyler Hero ain't that dude. He's not a number two. He's a number four. Yeah. He's like the guy that, you know, he's there when you need him, but not the guy you want. Right? And they overpaid him, in my opinion. So, uh, Big Daddy Magic says, hey, players, Jazz need to move up. Well, Big Daddy Magic says he's talking directly to Ryan Smith. Victor's the way. And that Ryan Smith has told him they're going to be very busy this week. Big news will break this week. Okay. Big Daddy Magic has spoken. So, Salty Drunk, 
Don't you dare speak negatively about Monty's love child, Draymond. Ow! Just tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me I'm wrong. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the question. He, you can joke and call him my love child, but tell me I'm wrong. You're I, not. I, you're not. I, no, I mean, you're not. You know? I think you're going to have a tough time saying I'm wrong, bro. Come on now. Um, we'll see. Riley O'Brien says, hey, Monty. Hey. What's up, buddy? Uh, hey, players, Jazz need to move up in the draft. We heard you. Um, talking with Raphael Podcast. How's the hard 75 going? I How's think the you, kid? I think you're training for a Spartan. Pretty sure. Uh, if Golden State Warriors don't re-sign Draymond, who has the cap for him? Good luck. I think several teams do, but I think he wants to play for the Lakers. He's almost as much said that. You know, like almost as much said that. Uh, Michael Peck, how does a uh, L.A. afford Green and Reeves? Yeah, I, I don't know. And that's the biggest question. I mean, like how focused the Lakers are that team where you have to play for a championship every single season. Yes. And I think the way that they restructured their roster, Rob Palinka is a magic worker, like, well, I think it was fascinating, like the the roller coaster last year. I mean, just being bare, like being a playing team, and then you know scratching your way through the playoffs just to get eliminated by Denver, and that like you had like that was a grinded out type season. And I think you you're gonna be faced with more of those seasons as you continue to be in luxury tax yeah. and be a championship chaser. And like, and I respect it. I do. I'm not even criticizing them, but. But you just you got to know what that is and what it is, and that's why I say like, okay, if you're gonna go that route, you got to have three guys that are that are ching every single night, and that's got to be LeBron, AD, and in my opinion, Austin Reeves. Dude, I just I look at this draft, and I think there's a lot of questions. I think there's no doubt that Victor's the way is going number one. Yeah, yeah well, I mean he's already signing Spurs jerseys. Do you see? You guys see that? Yeah. Already. But let's say, let's say Charlotte takes Scoot Henderson at number two. And there's Portland sitting at number three. Portland's got to trade that pick. Have to. I mean, you, you if you draft that spot, Dame's gone. He's gone. I, I don't understand why Dame is still there. To be honest with you. But I think whoever trades into that third spot, and I know the Jazz want to, and have had conversations about it, Ammon Thompson's gone. That's where Ammon Thompson's going. Right? I would I would bet a hair follicle on it. <laughs> and then my question is how far does Brandon Miller fall? Because Houston's not going to take a forward in Brandon Miller. They have that a thousand times over. Detroit needs a point guard. Desperately. Six is Orlando. They're not going forward. Seven is Indiana. And I think they the, I think Walker from 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 Houston. Or somebody like a somebody like that, a bruiser. Yeah. 
Eight is Washington. They're going point guard young. The Jazz are at nine. If Miller is still there and you haven't traded up. Yeah, you got to take him. Do you really? Yeah. Because I think that He's is too a... too much of a playmaker not to take him. I think Brandon Miller is a plausible plummet guy in the first round. I think the only hesitation, and it just is what it is, is taking a guy who had some issues and drafting him in, on, into this organization in this market. And I hate to say that, but you got to consider it. I mean, again... And hey, maybe he maybe he's changed. Maybe he's a guy now that's saying, you know what? Hey, I made some mistakes. I'm going to be grateful for whoever drafts me. Maybe he's that guy. I again, I don't know the kid. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. And I'm open to that. But he's somebody who I feel like went through it at, at Roll Tide Alabama, was in the middle of it all year, and I don't know. I think he's a risk, but I think he is no question about it better than you know. A Taylor Hendricks, let's say, or you know, who, Anthony who, Black, Anthony Black, right? I mean, you can't teach uh, you can't teach six nine two oh five, and that that but frame is, he, is probably is he anything more than Buddy Healed? Yeah, you can you can train him into that. Yeah, the dude can shoot. I think I think Brandon Miller is one of the more fascinating picks in this draft. I think let's see, just just because I just want to confirm, Buddy Healed's not six nine, right? Buddy Heald is not 6. I'd be shocked if Buddy Heald was 6-9. Buddy Heald is 6-4. Yeah. So Buddy Heald being 6-4 is pigeonholed into being a shooter. When you don't when you're not 6-10, but you can shoot it, but won't go to the basket, can't finish. Can't. This guy, this guy is 6-9, 205, has shown an ability to get to the basket, awful at finishing at the basket though. Yes. Terrible finishing package. So theoretically, and I know David Fisdale's gone, totally get it. If this organization can continue to develop guys the way some of these guys on the current roster have developed, I would be okay with Brandon Miller. I would. It'd be all right. Now, Cam Whitmore, that's your boy. That's the guy that I would target mm. if I was the Jazz, but I don't, I don't know that you're going to trade up to get him. All right. Uh, 801 West Valley says, who should style Bender defend the belt against next? I have no idea. Brandon Whiteside, Sexton is fine. Hate that everyone overlooks him. Well, he's got to play better. I mean, he's got to play better. He, he, did. Colin Sexton was frustratingly inconsistent last year, missed a ton of games because of injury, coming off of a major injury. And I just don't think he'll ever be a top five player on this roster. And I don't know, like, what are we overlooking? I mean, again, the guy, it's not like this is a supremely skilled player. Does he have a little mid-range? Yeah, he's got a little mid-range. But, but what is his game? His game is high-energy, firecracker-type player. That, that's his game. And yeah, he can play defense, which is valuable. But again, on this current roster, I don't want him in my starting five. I want him to be the sixth man coming off the bench with Chris Dunn at the seven. Play the Jordan Clarkson rule. Yeah. Which, by the way, he did. Like, you saw that. Yeah, Yenny for Lastimosa. How about trading Clarkson for Kuzma? Kuzma is too expensive. And I don't, I you know, I don't know if you're going to pay. And I need to look at what his number is. But Kyle Kuzma, you need him to be a one or one A type player. And I look, I understand it. I know that he's a guy that 
He's obviously got ties to Utah very clearly. Mm -hmm. But I look at his number, dude, like I want to say that he's guaranteed $39 million. But, of course, our Internet's terrible. So, you know, just trying to figure that out. But he's a guy that I think he averages $13 million. He's on a rookie extension. I like Kuz's game. He clearly grew over the last two seasons. Right, but we'll see. I, I, I want to... Kyle Kuzma's number is 13. Yeah, I'll be interested to see exactly how all that plays out. Unrestricted free agent after this season. I'll be interested. He'll opt into that number. If he were smart, he would opt out, but he'll opt into it. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, is that a guy you want to pay a huge extension to or compete for at an extension level? Uh, OG Gary says Rob Palenka is a GM god. He had a good year last year. Um, Big Daddy Magic Reeves is Rex Chapman with boy band looks. No, I think Reeves is a far better, more savvy player than Rex was. Game was so different when Rex played, though. Uh, Salty Drunk, how old is Draymond Green? 54? No, like 78. I think he's, he's 78. Stay hard. Why do people hate Draymond Green? Just roll it out there. Cause well, why do you hate Draymond Green? Yeah, I don't I, I, I give me your best Draymond is a douche take. Give me your best I hate Draymond because take. Cause I am convinced. I am convinced that Draymond Green is a guy you hate because he's not on your team. Draymond yeah. Green's only thirty three years old. Isn't that crazy? I think you hate Draymond Green because he's not on your team. That's why I think people hate Draymond Green. Because if Draymond Green's on your team, you love him. You love him. He's in the other player's head constantly. Now, nobody likes that he bitches at the official so much. But, man, I love rings, and I love legacies. And without Draymond Green, Golden State has neither. Mm -hmm. Because they don't win without him. Period. So, yeah. We'll see. 801 West Valley. Reeves signed that big shoe contract. Lakers need to follow and invest in the future. I don't think you cannot. Yeah. That's what I think. Capazzo says Dre is so old he eats chunky soup for dinner. That could be. Chicken noodle, chunky soup. Uh, Other than trading Luca, what is their best option in this draft? What? Who are you talking about, man? The Mavericks? Um, Big Daddy Magic. Anthony Black is good kid players. He is a very good player. Miller is a lorry type on the wing. It's going to take a few years. I think it's a project. That's the, the other thing that worries me. You know. Uh, Salty Drunk says, what's OKC likely to do? I know the program's national. Program. Uh, <laughs> I, if I were, and I think this is the common theory on OKC, I think OKC is going to be very quiet, and as they should be. I think if I'm OKC, I am in no hurry to change the the roster that I have. And I think when I look at, um, there's a lot of talent in this draft, dude. OKC is a team that's pretty much set up already. That just needs to continue to get better. I think right? they're twelfth, like- right? They're in that. They're in that Grady Dick. I mean, I, I guess you would. 
I mean, what do they really not? It depends on how you how good will Chet be this year. You know, because you're looking at, you know, again, my guy's Derek Lively. I'm telling you, he's going to be a stud, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, I, I guess if you go, I mean, I guess if you go guard, you would go Cody Bufkin in that range. I mean, the problem is they've got a ton of wing players. Yeah. They've got a ton of wing players. I think you're probably heavy guard. I mean, you'd like to, a year from now, have upgraded Lou Dort. But the other question you have is, you know, like, what do you, how do you build depth into this roster? If you're OKC, you've got to find depth players. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. Because I think your starting five are set for the next three years. If you win. You're set for the next three years. You've yep. got to upgrade Lou Dort, and you've got to build depth. And I think if if it were me, uh, Bilal Kulabi uh, is a guy that I love. That dude. I th- and I know everybody's like, oh, VW, the French Connection. Hey, man, I'm telling you. However, you say his name, Kulabali or Kulabli, boo, 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 boo. He's going to be a stud. I mean, 6'6-220. Yeah. 6'6-220. He's also French. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So we're going we're gonna to go anti-French here. I am, because they're soft. Okay. They, but, but, and I'm being serious. Everyone's like, oh, you just hate French players. Find me a French you player. You do hate French players. Find me a French player that's not soft. There's one, right? Well, really two, but one. Tony Parker was one of the best French players the league's ever seen. Like, absolutely gritty point guard, knew how to get the job done. Right? Now, Manu, not French, obviously, was another great Euro player. But to me, today's day and age French player, I'm not here for Evan Fournier. I'm not here for that, dude. I'm not here for, you know... Is Dragon Bender French? Like, I'm not here for these average-ass French players who... Average-ass like, French Come over players. here, command all this they money. They come over here and they want their baguettes for breakfast. And I'm just not here like, for Go it. have your cappuccino over in some weak-ass French league. Like, this is the NBA, dude. It's like, I'm, cap- Cappuccino's Italian, dude. Okay, great. Whatever whatever the French version of a cappuccino is, Yeah, Italian, is, dude. French, fuck them. That's, you know, yeah, I'm just like, telling you now. Fucking Cole Beasley. Yeah. Might as well be French. I am not doing French toast every not. day in the training table. Too many other options, bro. Dadgummit. Too many other options. You know. Um... Darren missed her 350 yards off the T Ingram. Detroit needs a point guard. Cade, their guy. I don't think they need a point guard. I think they need a forward. They need a forward. And the, I mean, you could very well be looking at, you know, Jarris Walker from Houston. I think it'd be a great, great pick for them. It depends. I mean, if Cade Cunningham, if you believe Cade Cunningham can be healthy, you're probably, you're probably picking Cam Whitmore because he's going to be there. Um, he is absolutely going to be there. And I think it also determine what happens with Brandon Miller, right? Because you have guys in Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham that have shown their sensational players in this league. But is Cade Cunningham going to be healthy this year, right? I mean, if you draft a Cam Whitmore type, he's, he's going to be a depth player. But think mm. about the guys that are around him. Walker won. 
But you think about Taylor Hendricks, dude. Taylor Hendricks, it's six nine two ten. Difference maker. Whew. Difference maker. You add him into that rotation again. Derek Lively's a guy who's he's probably out of position at center on that roster, but I would probably be going forward because I think you already have two really good young guards. Mm-hmm. Young guards. You know, like I think. I also think there's a lot of value in that being one of the trade-out spots. Because if you could get down to Taylor Hendricks, if you could get down to like 11, 12, and, and you're looking at, you know, Koulibaly again is a guy that I'd be looking at. Um, you know, those guys are the ones that, you know, the Leonard Millers, um, although I'm not a G League and Knight guy other than Scoot. There's value for the Pistons to trade down. You know, even in just pick swaps, mm-hmm. there's value in them trading down. So you you need an heir apparent to a guy like a, you know, Bajon Bagsnachevich. Right. You know, like you need, maybe Brandon Miller's your flavor of the day. You know, I, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, the Nye guy says Kuz is a free agent. I thought his player option was next year. I should have looked. I apologize if I got that wrong. Uh, I am not going to contend. I am not going to compete for Kyle Kuzma. I am not doing that. I like I like Kuz. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. It is this this coming season, 23-24, is, is the player option. Yeah, so he's going to decline his player option and become an unrestricted free agent. Well, but yeah. why, if you're the Jazz, ask yourself this. Yeah. If you look at this roster right now, so he would be your three, obviously, right? He'd, he'd slot in as your three because you're going to probably have to pay him a nice sum of cash, right? And there's going to be competition. You know the yeah. Sixers are in on him already, yeah, right? So I, I don't have any doubt about that. You know, but if you, if you put him with Walker, Laurie, Kuzma... I mean, your two then at that point is Ochai Agbaji. Draft a point guard. Maybe Colin starts another year. Your point guard comes off the bench. I mean, that that's the making that's the making of a roster. And that certainly is that a playoff roster? Probably not. I mean, it it, it depends. Are you going to have another unbelievable season out of Laurie Markkinen? Because Laurie was really good last year. Yeah. So you would think you would think there's going to be a decline from what Laurie was last year, right? I mean, I, I like the fit. I just am I, I, I think he's going to be cost prohibitive. I think he's going to be cost prohibitive. And I, I, I think the jazz, depending on what happens with their their contracts and their cap, probably going to have 50 million dollars to spend. Yeah. How much of that are you willing to give Kyle Kuzman for how many years? Because somebody's going to throw him dollars. Yeah. Somebody will throw him dollars. And I've already heard Knicks, Sixers in the East. I think you look at, I don't know. I think he wouldn't mind a reunion in Los Angeles, but I don't know that they're certainly not going to sign him over their other guys. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of spots for him, if we're being honest. It depends. One of the... One of the scenarios I've heard a lot about is the Bulls are supposedly trading Zach Levine. And Kuzma, would, I think, would fit right into that rotation. 
right into that rotation. He would be, I think he's an easy fit with the Bulls. Mm -hmm. Him and DeMar together, I think is an easy fit. Yep. Um, I mean, there's just there's going to be people who are going to pay him. He's a pliable guy. In your he's roster. a Portland guy, by the way. Absolutely. He's a Portland guy. You know, like he is. Yep. I just don't want to compete to pay him. Yeah. Because I'm not yet convinced. Can we really sit here and say that Kyle Kuzma, one, you want him because he's a Utah guy. Two, can you really say that you'd be willing to pay him 30 million bucks a year? No. Mid 20s, not 30. I think he will get overpaid. I think somebody will overpay him. Yeah, that's the way of the NBA, right? It is the way of the NBA. But it's Washington, dude. It's fucking Washington. Like, what are, what are you playing for in Washington? Nothing. He, but he's a fiery guy, too. I mean, he likes to stick it to people. Yeah. I, look, I hope I'm wrong about it. I hope I'm wrong about it. You know, like, I, I, really, I really hope I'm, I'm wrong about it. But we'll see. I don't know. Kurt Peters says he has a crazy story. Had lunch today with the lawyer for CU. No specific details. He said USC and UCLA may not be going to the Big Ten. Could there actually be a media deal? USC and UCLA, I don't see any way they signed contracts with the Big Ten. There would have to be some... Yeah. There would have to be some unbelievable turn of events. Yeah. Because if you don't have Los Angeles, Fox, CBS, and NBC are not going to do their deal. So, yeah. I, 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 well, you know. Uh, OG Gary says, calling him Bricky until he wins. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Ricky. Bricky. Okay. Do you, are, are we going to do Titanic submarines or should we save that till tomorrow? We should save it. All right. Yeah. All right, my friends, that's it. How about that? A full show. No non-sports stories of the day today. Three hours. Jam-packed, wall-to-wall. Brought to you by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You know, you can chat with The Advocates 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for free. Because you never pay a consultation fee. You never pay a retainer. You don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Say goodbye, Jakey Two Holes. Goodbye, Jakey Two Holes. <laughs>